Recording has begun. Terrific. Thank you very much, Administrator. Uh, Peterson. Peterson. <laughs> um, Chair LaHood, do you want to introduce the meeting or would you like me to? Actually, Ms. Lachey, if you could do it, that would be great. Thank you. This is the Sunshine Ordinance Task Force Compliance and Amendments Committee of the City and County of San Francisco. Today is a regular meeting taking place in room 408 at City Hall, Dr. 1 Dr. Carlton B. Goodlett Place, San Francisco, 94102. This is a regular meeting. Today's date is February 27, 2024, and the time is 436. <clears throat> Remote access and or in-person participation. The Sunshine Ordinance Task Force and its committees convene hybrid meetings that allow in-person attendance, in-person public comment, remote access for petitioners and respondents, and remote public comment via teleconference. The WebEx remote link login information is http forward slash tinyurl.com forward slash 29ATWNKD. Password is sunshine. Today's telephone call in number is 415-655-0001. Today's meeting ID is 2664-626-8797-POUND-POUND. Press star 3 to enter the speaker line. Members of the public may participate by phone or may submit their comments by email to sotf at sfgov.org. All comments received will be made a part of the official record. The Sunshine Ordinance Task Force agendas and their associated documents are available at https forward slash sfbos.org forward slash sunshine. Chair LaHood, do you want to read meeting decorum? Yes, please. Any member of the Sunshine Ordinance Task Force may call for decorum due to this disorderly conduct uh, of meeting participants. Persons who engage in threatening and or menacing behavior may be asked to leave. Please call the first item. Item number one, call to order, roll call, and agenda changes. Uh, let's begin with roll call. Member Pilpel. Present. Member Pilpel present. Member Anderson. Present. Member Anderson present. Member Wolf. Present. Member Wolf present. Chair LaHood. Present. Chair LaHood present. We have a quorum. Uh, does anybody have any agenda changes? I do not know of any. Have you heard from any participants that would require any agenda changes? Okay. Uh, I did hear from a uh, Mr. Mr. Templeman, John Templeman, and he submitted today at about 1130 this morning uh, three different documents that I've made enough copies for all of you. Uh, oh, we, I don't know if we, we can't accept it. And I did tell him it's it's late. Mm -hmm. It is up to the committee to decide if they wanted to review the materials. So, Mr. Templeton. Mr. Um, Templeton, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, his uh, he. I, I know his case is down the calendar. Yeah. But I wanted to put that out there. Thank you for letting us know. Um, and um, we will hear from Mr. Templeton when we get to his items. But I don't think that calls for any adjustment to the uh, agenda. I agree. I agree. Okay. At this time. Okay. Um. Sorry, do we know on the other mm -hmm. um, petitioners and respondents uh, who's checked in so far? Who? Uh, Mr. Uh, Ninhad and who who else? Uh, uh, Administrator Peterson? Lieutenant Chris Beauchamp. 
Mike, Lieutenant Chris Beauchamp. For the police department, okay. Michael Churon. Who's a participant, a complainant. And Mr. Sergei. And Mr. Sarah, he is also a uh, complainant today. Okay. And I, I would suspect that uh, Mr. Templeton and the planning department probably haven't checked in yet because they're later. Yeah, I don't. Um, I don't think we necessarily need to run through That's that. Right. We have plenty of items on the agenda ahead of this, so um, I think we should just proceed since no one has asked for any changes. Okay, so we move on to item number two. Uh, yes, please, because I don't think we need to call for public comment since we made no changes. There's there's no changes and there's no action yes. on the floor. Please call the next item. Okay, item number two, February 21, 2023, Compliance and Amendments Committee meeting minutes, um, which are included in this agenda solely for the purposes of information. So just to, to explain to everyone why we have several meeting minutes on the agenda. Uh, we ran into this cascade where we needed to update meeting minutes and then they were updated, but they would then appear on the agenda. And in some cases, further requests for updates were made, even though they had been previously approved. So what I wanted to do was to put these meeting minutes on the agenda for discussion only because we've actually approved them at a previous meeting, but I wanted to make sure that members of the public and members of this committee understood that this is the final version of these meeting minutes. So we're not, I'm not actually calling for a vote on this because we've already voted and approved. I think we should take public comment uh, um, just because this is on the agenda and members of the task force, if you do have any comments, I mean, I, I don't wanna stop anyone from talking about this, it is on the agenda, but as far as I'm concerned, we've already gone over these minutes and I don't think that we need any additional changes. Um, but I'll put that out there, um, assuming that, or let me ask you, have you read these and did you find any issues with them or uh, we're not planning to actually do anything, but um, I invite your discussion since we have this on. Member Pilpil uh, gave me a copy of the minutes I gave him with uh, edits, nothing substantial changed in what actually but member Pilpal, you had already added these. Yes. Let's, let me let me be clear. I suggested edits to four, five, and six, the June, August, and October minutes. Oh, we we're just not, talking about February. Right, right. Yeah. I'm no, saying, I'm talking for, about February. February and April. I did not spend my time on right. those because I thought they were done and put yes. to bed and all of that. Yes. So I appreciate what you're doing. Yes. So we're right now we're talking about item number two, which is the February 21, 2023. CAC meeting minutes that are included in the agenda solely for information purposes because the committee has already approved them. That said, I do want to open it up to members in case there was anything that you noticed or wanted to discuss about changing for future meeting minutes. I did not. Okay, thank you. Uh, Member Wolf, we can't see you, so I just want to make sure we're not leaving you out. No, I, I'm. I'm just curious about this, but, um, you know, it's on the agenda. It's marked for discussion and action, which means that you have to open it up to public comment. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes, we will open it up for public comment. Um, uh, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't realize that it said discussion and action since it says explicitly in the description, this is solely for information purposes, but, um, I think it's always good to open up for public comment. Okay. Has we want to offer that opportunity. Okay. Um, are we ready then to take public comment? 
Mm -hmm. members, of the members of the public wishing to speak on item two may approach the podium. If you are joining us from the online community, please raise your hand using star three, or if you're in the app, raise your hand using the app. I'll give you a moment. Charla Hood, there are no members of the public wishing to speak and there are no hands raised in the online queue. Thank you, Ms. Peterson. Um, please call the next item. Item number three, the April 25, 2023 Compliance and Amendments Committee meeting minutes, which are included in this agenda solely for the purposes of information. So this item is essentially it's the same situation as the previous one. We have gone over this, suggestions were for uh, changes were made, the updates were made as requested, and we approved pending those changes. I've reviewed these very closely, the changes were made. Um, again, I'd like to offer members a chance to uh, discuss the April 25, 2023 CAC meeting minutes in the event that you notice something that seemed out of order, but otherwise we're putting these out there just to make sure that members of the public know that this is the final version of the minutes, which will then be posted um, on the website. Is That's correct, Ms. Leger? Yeah. Um, do we have anything from members of this committee? Okay, uh, Ms. Peterson, let's open this up, or excuse me, Ms. Leger, I don't know who I asked. We'd <laughs> like to open this up for public comment. Members of the public wishing to speak on this item three, um, may approach the podium. If you're in the online community, please raise your hand using star three or use the app to raise your hand. I'll give you a moment. We have no uh, members of the public in the room and we have no callers with their hand raised. Thank you. Uh, Ms. Lachey, please call the next item. Item number four, approval of the June 27, 2023 Compliance and Amendments Committee meeting minutes, which are included in this agenda solely for the purposes of information. Okay, this is the third one that is on sort of under the same circumstances where we actually approved with changes the August. No, no, we approved the June 27, 2023 minutes at the August 22, 2023 meeting but i see member pilpel raising his hand no no my my notes indicate that we had these on at the august meeting and there was confusion about the content and so in both cases we continued the june and august excuse minutes. me it's it's what the note on here is not entirely correct <sighs> so because it's listed as discussion and action i think we can Act tonight. Okay, to and, be clear, yeah. hold on. I want to read this again. So, are you sure that it's just not the dates that are incorrect on the agenda? Because now I'm reading that and that you're right. That's because we can't have had the June minutes, could not have been approved at the April meeting. Is it that the dates got transposed? Hold on a second. I think it was that the dates got transposed and that it's the meeting minutes from April. Apologies for that. Okay. Shoot. We, we did, okay. We did a few things. We did a few things. Okay. 
at according to the draft minutes from August when members Anderson and I were not on this committee, you did approve the June minutes. That's good. Mm -hmm. According to the minutes from the August meeting, the June minutes were back on for approval mm -hmm. and there were issues with the content. And so we acted to continue those minutes to the next meeting. So to, so the answer is both and yes and no and all of the above. I think to the extent that these are an amended version or the latest and greatest that yes. we could act to amend if they were approved and if they weren't approved to approve them now and get this done if we're good to go. Okay. Does that so, help? Yes. Okay. To be clear, we are looking at the June minutes. Those are the minutes I intended for us to, to approve. And I apologize because this might have been my typo because it might have been copied from the previous item where it says with amendments suggested at the April 25th meeting, which would not have made sense for this set of minutes. Uh, that might have just gotten transposed from the previous item. But since you bring this up, did you have any changes on these minutes? I did. Were they significant or are they typographical? Uh, a little of both. Can I run through quickly the non uh, typographical? Why don't you just let's have all of them so that we know okay. what's out there. Got it. Um, a number of commas. Uh, can you just go in order down so we can just follow you yep, down the agenda? Sure. Yep. Okay. So on page one, moving the regular meeting block up. Uh, above the uh, location. Member Pelpel is asking that it's a regular meeting above the location of where the meeting is. Which is generally how we've mm -hmm. done that. Okay. Um, adding a line uh, for the staff present. I okay. Trying to do that for so that to be the consistent. Yep. So yep. The record is uh, clear. Um, I think the header for item two says approval of the minutes from the ba 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 ba. So mm -hmm. I would end it with meeting period. So it doesn't say minutes twice. Mm -hmm. Um. On page two, this is really just typographical or style. I throughout I was trying to not refer to the task force as SOTF, but to spell out task force so it's more clear. I, these are style issues. I'm not going to dwell on that. Um, on the action on the bottom of page two, I thought it would read better to say had complied with the order of determination and to close the matter. Period. Okay. Um, on the next page, uh, really just style, Mr. Saranoff can contact the Department of Emergency Management, capitalizing police department to engage that it, uh, Chair LaHood appreciated that Lieutenant Toomey, that it, uh, I thought noted appreciation was a little, odd. um, the vote total at the bottom of page three should be two in favor, uh, one absent. Okay, that is the one thing that you've said so far that I think is not no, no offense to the other things, but that is a, an accuracy thing. Yeah. So, uh, and Ms. Leger, you have all of notes on all of these. Okay. Yeah, right here. Okay. I'm following it. Um, top of page four, the first reference to Sergeant Lobsinger, I think, should have his first name. Um, and same thing with Lieutenant Toomey. Um, da, 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 in advance. Um, I thought on the action on item six. Uh, contact Sergeant Lobsinger as to why there was no police department representative. I'm not sure that we, that the action 
talked about the person most knowledgeable. I think just having someone would, was good. Whatever, not a big deal. Again, on the vote total, um, two to nothing with one absent. Mm -hmm. um, I thought it was better to read the meeting was in recess from 7.21 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. Recess was called. Sounds like the kids are out playing ball. Um, on the next page, uh, item eight, I didn't, uh, I frankly didn't understand the caption and I was trying to uh, take out a line so that it would read uh, in the middle. 67.7 a comma by failing to notice the hearing 72 hours in advance semicolon and 67.7 B comma by failing to provide uh, meaningful descriptions of agenda items that are sufficiently clear to da because that whole line. In the middle there, I thought was surplusage. I, I don't care that much. Um, where, when consent calendar instead of consent agenda. Um, I already discussed with uh, Cheryl, uh, it wasn't Deborah Lynch. It was either Deborah Dwyer or Laura Lynch. She's going to sort that out. Um, I uh, reduced some of the verbiage, particularly my comments uh, on page seven uh, without losing any of the substance. Uh, I can read through. The rewrite, if you want, but yes, I, please, because I, I want to have this stuff in the record. Absolutely. Um, okay, so so starting on the bottom of six, I'll just read very quickly. Allison Washburn is a former chair of the task force and currently chair of San Franciscans for Sunshine. Ms. Washburn provided in detail that since 2016, comma the task force should uh, move forward with some of the suggested amendments and correct no, original drafting. Can't since 2016. That's since. Well, okay, okay. It, something needs to be fixed there. It mm -hmm. didn't make sense the way it reads. That's all. I, that's fine. Um, Maxine Anderson. No, change the uh, member Anderson paragraph. David Pilpel stated that he is more interested in the difference that still exists between charter boards and commissions and other policy bodies as set up in city codes, period. Um, next page, Chair LaHood opened the dialogue with the, oh, I said possibly with the, should say that with the possibility of changing the task force to a commission. I, I didn't understand with the changing of, anyway, I was just trying to edit it a little. Uh, Allison Washburn spoke in favor of a Sunshine Commission, period. Ms. Washburn also asked what a passive meeting body means and what is the responsibility of those at the meeting, period. No change to the um, member Anderson paragraph. David Pilpel stated that he has been thinking about this since 2005 comma still has those edits comma and that a lot of those edits still make sense today period um, member wolf stated that he thinks going through section by section would be helpful and make it a more robust discussion period member wolf wa wants to be cognizant of the 2024 ballot and the need to hear it once it is out of the committee period um uh, the Chair LaHood and Member Wong paragraph, I just uh, ended it with more detail, period. I didn't think that potentially helped. Um, public comment on insert the word sections, 67.45 and 6, blah, blah, blah. Um, just added, made meeting meetings on the 
first line. Uh, the third graph, David Pilpel stated that section 67.6 regarding meetings can be discussed on another night, comma, as well as what takes place before, during, and after, and the specific requirements that should apply to meetings, period. Um, Maxine Anderson stated the importance of establishing consistency for policy bodies, comma, and to have consistency in what makes sense. Otherwise, no change to the rest of that graph. Um, David Pilpel noted that sometimes you can have too much process, struck a whole bunch of language, and then uh, ended with Mr. Pilpel noted that uh, something like noted the uh, benefits and noted that benefits and burdens have trade-offs, period. Um, that was it on that page. Um, top of page eight, the action moved by Chair LaHood, seconded by Member Wong to continue further discussion on this item at the August 2023 Compliance and Amendments Committee meeting. Um, the rest is, oh, and there's no vote block there. There should the be action. no vote block there. Oh, action. Uh, well, it's, it's to the call of the chair. I mean, right. Continue. Yeah. But it was moved and seconded. There was a vote to do that. If there was a motion and a second, then there necessarily was a vote. So I'm just adding the vote block. Did you listen to the audio? I did not. Um, often Victor jumps in and says, you don't need to vote on this. Okay. <laughs> Take a look at the audio. Maybe, maybe yeah. we can check. Okay. If there was, then there was, and if there wasn't, mm -hmm. okay. Um, that's essentially it on the June set. There you go. Okay. So what I've noticed, um, first of all, thank you for paying so much uh, uh, attention to the details on this. Um, it seems to me that most of what you suggested uh, um, was about clarity with, and you did notice the two things about the count on the vote, which is something that I should uh, um, keep a closer eye on. Um, I would say this, and actually I'd like to hear from uh, Member Anderson and Mender, Member Wolf on this. Um, of course, we want to have the best minutes possible. Member Pilpel, since you do take like a clear interest in this. I apologize. <laughs> it's it's a mixed blessing. Yeah. Um, and 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 I would and as somebody who cares about words, like I do appreciate it. I just want to make sure that our meetings don't get bogged down in this right. every time. What I would ask for, and actually I'd like to hear from the other members what what you think we should do on this. Um, if we were, I would, knowing that you take a close interest in this, I would almost. I don't know. I, I don't know if I should ask. Uh, um, because I just uh, perhaps what we should do is David and I should make um, some kind of an arrangement where for a hearing, like a week or so before a hearing, he can get the minutes. He can draft whatever changes he wants. He can mail them back to me. You know, I will get them before the committee meeting starts mm -hmm. and um, probably would be able to edit and incorporate the changes so that they're complete mm -hmm. by the time I actually have to upload the minutes for the following meeting. That's my thought. So here's a question on that. Uh, because we don't want to violate any sort of sequence rules of, you know, too many people being involved outside of public meetings. 
Am I also allowed to see the minutes oh, before they're published? And that's absolutely um, I can. And I, Emma, I this is Victor. Yes. Uh, as long as you don't talk with each other, that is fine. Okay. It'll be up to the administrator to determine uh, whether or not to, it is controversial or not, and if they can just add it in. Okay. But as long as you don't talk to each other, that that'd be fine. Yeah, we we've never talked to each other in advance about the meeting minutes, which you can probably tell. So, <laughs> so I would like to ask in the future, uh, member Pilpel, if you could plan to coordinate with Ms. Leger in advance of the meetings, because you do tend to have valuable insights and I, and 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 attention to detail on this. And I think it would be helpful to have your edits incorporated before the minutes come to the rest of us. And I think we can make this process more efficient if you are interested yes. in and willing to do that. Absolutely. And to the extent that the uh, edits that I'm suggesting tonight are adopted to be incorporated, I, I'm not so concerned about all the, the details. So it's kind of like guidance. If Cheryl and you deem that it's the stuff that you want to include, fine. The rest of it, I, I'm not going to go to the mat. There's nothing in here that's like earth shattering. If you think that it improves the clarity, or it's a, an accuracy issue, that's fine. The rest of it, you know, have fun. If you want lots of commas, we can do lots of commas. If you want no commas, we can have no commas. Or find a good spot in between. That's fine. Okay. With all yeah, of those. Yeah, Hood, I had no intention, deliberate intention of leaving you out of the process at all. It's just that. Hey, if it's required, it's required. <laughs> no, seriously, because since he's joined in the last few months, he's taken a deliberate interest in yes. not just our minutes. But Again, appreciated. Yes. Yes, much appreciated. So I'm thinking I can send both of you copies at the same time that will give both of you, then, then you wouldn't be talking. You'd be preparing your own edits. Mm -hmm. And you can send it back, which you could then incorporate that, which I can then yep. incorporate and remember that I truly like to get these agendas posted for our committees on Thursdays. I don't want any library issues mm -hmm. on Fridays. And if there is a problem with the agenda, I can correct it on Friday or mm -hmm. help get some help. But if I receive the uh, edits like that Friday, I can upload the agenda. I can take my draft of the edits incorporate all those changes and then slide it in right and substitute what's already online for the corrected minutes as provided by the two of you right and and have everything in on time as required by law thank you i appreciate what you're both willing to do on this i'd love to hear from member anderson and or member wolf if you have any thoughts or comments about this my comment is that this makes a lot of sense i love it i have noticed that about member pill pill is my mic on Okay, I have noticed that about member Pilpel, you're very good at reading through the notes and seeing things that I would just blow off because I'm not looking at it in that fashion. And I think it's important that we have minutes that are correct. And for those things that are substantive, then we can bring those to the meeting. But if it's air style, mm -hmm. styles questions or style issues, then I think this makes a lot of sense to have the minutes be correct. And then we can just go minutes approved based on what we know. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Member Wolf, do you have anything to add? So, yeah, a few things. Uh, one is um, there's another correction and oh. that there, um, it, there's no notation when I return to the meeting. Oh, did you return? Well, I, I, there were three votes where I was absent. And then there's um, 
a quotation or paraphrasing of my testimony in oh, yeah. the last item. Ah, but I don't know if you noticed at the very bottom, and this is something that we added, the minutes of this meeting set forth all actions taken by the Sunshine Ordinance Task Force on the matters stated, but not necessarily in the chronological sequence in which the matters were taken. Yeah, off. that's that's not that's not that's not um, it, that doesn't matter. That that has to do with the content. Right. We still need information. To what I'm yeah. what I'm referring to is this is a quorum issue. Mm -hmm. So when people leave and then come back to a meeting. It should be noted and usually it's noted in the audio. And if it's noted in the audio, it should be, it should be noted. We always pretty much always do. I might have it in my notes that I take at each meeting when you are, if you actually returned, I can do that as well. We'd well, have, two I would options. have had to return unless it was my ghost. Well, I'm looking, um, actually, I suspect I'm looking at this because it looks like you voted on item number 2. Right, and you voted on item number 4. Right, and after that. I'm oh, seeing absent 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 absent. 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 Uh, oh, but you did return because you participated in the discussion for item yep. number 10. Exactly. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So we do need to know when member Wolf left and when he came back. And I think that did happen. Yes. Okay. Thank you. That was a good catch. And right. obviously it was because it was your name involved. So yeah. <laughs> um, the other, oh, what was the other thing? I agree with, you know, with uh, member um, Anderson's. Uh, comments, I, I echo that. I would just say is, um, you know, anything contextual, like if there's verbiage that is met, it's meant to be one way, but it really is the other way. That's that's I would consider to be substantive. Mm -hmm. You know, if it if it it leads may lead somebody into the other direction, uh, that would be substantive. That that takes some. You know, some either good memory, good notes, or to be listening to the audio playback. Um, the other last thing is, is, you know, once the minutes are in draft, it, they should be public. So, mm -hmm. you know, any of us or any members of the public can look at it, take their, take our own notes and then submit them, uh, you know, for for consideration at the next meeting. So I, I don't know that there's any big issue because that's the way we've been doing things all along um, anyway. So I, I guess what I'm requesting is because of the number of suggested edits, uh, I would like those to be incorporated, you know, at Ms. Leger's discretion before they go into the agenda so that we're in, we don't have one draft that's published uh, and we don't make any changes until the meeting. Like, I feel like if we're going to vote on those changes we might have a we might as well have a new draft version version that incorporates them so that we're not extending approval from meeting to meeting to meeting so okay. my concern about that is that it is it becomes a like a new formatting mm -hmm. like how do you include four different versions of updates for the same item 
in the same document you know uh, it i mean should it be track changes and then you've got multiple different versions yeah just i'm just wondering how that might be presented and how much additional work it might be uh versus everybody bring it to the meeting and then you know we go through it you know item by item as we have so uh member pilpel so on that what what I would suggest going forward, and I think we're all headed in the same direction, um, hopefully we get through these three sets tonight and all of our past history is put to bed. That would be great. Um, since this committee only meets every other month, mm -hmm. and since we're supposed to have draft minutes available uh, 10 days or two weeks after the meeting, I would suggest that 10 days or two weeks after this meeting and thereafter, you'll get a draft, I'll get a draft, maybe we'll post a draft. I will attempt to turn around my edits within, say, a week or sooner, um, and those can be incorporated in anybody else, whatever. So the latest and greatest version that Cheryl has that you've reviewed and approved that are good for public dissemination will be the ones on the agenda. And so the number of edits that we have at the meeting or the week of or the day of should be very, very few and only those things that somehow somebody missed. So I think we can all work to have this be better. So this, hopefully this is the longest discussion we'll ever have on the minute so we don't have to rehash this. I guess, times. Member Wolf, are you opposed to changes happening between the draft minutes and the, and the version of the minutes that end up on the agenda for the next meeting? No, no, I'm not opposed to okay. it, but if there is this, if there is a, discrepancy between two of us or three of us or four of us making suggested edits for the same passage mm -hmm. you know so they're all either in conflict with each other or they are you know saying something different you know or they way the worded maybe you know two are better than the others the question then becomes who makes that decision ah so here's what i would say with that i think in the interim, you know, between the meetings, we leave it up to Ms. Leger to use her best judgment. And if she's getting a lot of comments on the same item about needing to change it, I think she's just going to need to, the best of her ability, sort of synthesize what's happening and then expect that we're probably going to discuss that section at the next meeting. But in my experience, I would say that happens every once in a while, but that's not the bulk of the edits that we, that, that we usually have to discuss. And so I think by changing to this new method, this new procedure where we're soliciting edits as early as possible and as far enough in advance so Ms. Leger can incorporate as many of them as possible so that we can just focus on those sort of thorny discussion points and not worry about the mundane little edits along the way. Yeah, I, I hear you. I'm, I'm in agreement with that. I'm, I'm just concerned with all the overlapping work for the other committees and the task force mm -hmm. uh, and the complaint procedure itself, whether this adds additional time that currently doesn't exist for the administrator. Let's and ask Ms. Leger. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Member Wolf. Go ahead. Go, no, go ahead. Ms. Leger, how does this sound to you? Does this sound like it might simplify the process, even though knowing that there may be some discussion points that we will focus on a little bit more in the meetings, but we'll have knocked out some of the smaller edits? Yeah, if we can 
Um, uh, gr grammatical error edits, adding the word section or saying as well as. Uh, sometimes words like importance, you know, those are things that I think are, are basic changes that the committee could agree on. Mm -hmm. um, but if I run into, say, uh, some sort of uh, conclusory paragraph on what somebody has said, mm -hmm. I want to get the right edits. But mm -hmm. if this requires the committee looking at it together, then I would, you know, let uh, Chella Hood know that. And then she can decide if this is something that... Uh, that I'm approaching it the correct way, or if she has another idea on how I should uh, be drafting the minutes. So that's what I would do. That's part of the reason why I would send you what I have so that you could see it. And if we have, you know, meaty things that need uh, a uh, If you don't mind if I interrupt a little bit, just mm -hmm. to cut this, we will accept everyone's edits. We'll do it. We'll work on it to the best of our ability. If we have any conflicts, we'll bring it back to the committee. Yeah. Okay. I think that Victor, thank you for that synthesis. <laughs> okay. Um, does everyone feel like they've said what they need to say on this? And do we, since I will say that there were, because there were so many edits, perhaps we do need a motion on this. Would someone like to make a motion? I would so move that we approve with the edits that we discussed, those in, in writing, those that we discussed, and with the understandings that we made. So approve as amended. So moved. Okay, and with the oper with the understanding then that Ms. Leger will make the changes, mm -hmm. I will read them and we will consider the minutes accepted. Yes. Who's the second? Who's the second? second. I'm the second. Oh, oh. Saying, okay. Uh, move to approve the edits as discussed and uh, the understanding of the edits. Is that correct? Oh, I, uh, as as discussed with final review by Chair LaHood. I think that's probably it's do you is that acceptable? Yeah, it, yeah. In in general, I think that's sort it, of it's a, to approve no. and it's understood that you guys have the final right. That's fine. Okay. Oh, okay. I think we're good. Now, do we have a public comment? Time for public Yes, comment? please. Please open this up for public comment. Members of the public wishing to speak on item four may approach the podium. If you are a member of the online community and would like to speak on item four, please raise your hand using star three. Or if you're in the app, raise your hand. I'll give you a moment. There are no members of the public in the room or online who wish, wish to speak. Thank you. Um, please call the vote. Hang on a second. These are the uh, June minutes. Is that it that we're voting on? Yes, this is item number four. Chair LaHood? Aye. Chair LaHood, aye. Member Anderson? Aye. Member Anderson, I. Member Pilpel, I. Member Pilpel, I. Member Wolf, I. Member Wolf, I. We have four in favor. Thank you. Um, please call the next item. Excuse me. Item number five: Approval of the August 22, 2023 Compliance and Amendments Committee meeting minutes. 
On October 24, 2023, the Compliance and Amendments Committee moved to continue approval of the August 22nd minutes to the Compliance and Amendments Committee schedule for October 24. That should read December at the end. Uh, yes, and then we did not have that meeting. Right. Okay. Um, so we're looking at the August 22, 2023 Compliance and Amendments Committee meeting minutes. Members, do we have any edits on these minutes? Yes. Member Pilpel. Um, as briefly as I can, uh -huh. this meeting was held at four rather than four thirty. So I don't know if it should be captioned as a rescheduled regular or just a regular. I don't know what you did on the scheduling. In any event, uh, uh, that is a good point. Ms. Jay, do you remember what happened? Was yeah, well, you asked us to start the meeting at four o'clock. Okay. I think there was another meeting afterwards. Right. Right. There was a special. They had a piggyback. Yep. In any event, whatever the caption was on the agenda should probably flow through to here. So if it was rescheduled, is that required? Even though it was an it, that was an agenda noticing thing, not a minutes thing. No, I just you think I, it's helpful. Yeah, I think okay. if if we called it a rescheduled reg, regular there, then we should call it a rescheduled regular here. If we called it a regular there, then we should call it a regular here. Okay, it, the character of the meeting didn't change. From the agenda to the minutes, that was the point. Okay, uh, the other things that I've already said, I will not repeat. Speaking of not repeating, the bottom of page one, the chair LaHood uh, graph, um, that says what it needs to say, which is good. So then I think the graph at the top of two is kind of redundant and somewhat duplicative. Oh, that might have just been a, yes, that may have been inadvertently copied. So, yes. Right, so I was, so I yanked that. Um, spelled out department on the bottom of two. The rest of this is not a big deal. Yada, yada. Okay. On page three, mm -hmm. the David Moss uh, paragraph, the second sentence, I'm sorry, I read it a couple of times. Um, other than spelling out the Electronic Frontier Foundation, that sentence just didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I just think it needs a rewrite. I didn't attempt to do it. I just think it needs some help. I think it just needs a comma. Okay. Uh, I think we need a comma between, uh, so in which Lieutenant Toomey said they had the same response as comma, that no further records exist in special investigation. Uh, oh, no, now I see what you're saying. Okay, okay. Like I said, I don't, I don't feel the need to do I it think, right now, okay, but I think it needs okay, some help. Okay, that's all. That's all for everything? No, that's oh, all on, okay. on that graph. Okay. Um, I, I moved uh, the next paragraph at the end. I was suggesting rewriting that. So the last sentence after within five business days after that, it would read Lieutenant Toomey stated that it is the position of the police department that the police department complied with the order or with the July 25th, 2023 order and that the annual report as requested does not exist, period. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, on page four, the Lee Hyde, is it pronounced Hyde Hughes? Hyde Hughes, yes. There he is. Um, the third and fourth sentences are fundamentally duplicative. And so I was proposing to strike the first one and have the second one read. Mr. Hyde Hughes stated that they only sent him 
the Fine Arts Museums of San Francisco in parens FAMSF brief on August 17th, 2023, comma, while he and his wife were viewing the Tudor exhibit at the Palace of the Legion of Honor, and I guess, comma, and he only saw the brief because Task Force Administrator Leger sent it to him, period. Okay. Um, the rest, I, I spelled out the first reference to COFAM um, somewhere in here. And and I think at the end of the second graph, the Perea uh, day uh, graph, um, and has no additional records to provide, period. Um, uh, on the action there, uh, I was suggesting the task force deputy city attorney to provide written advice on I guess the COFAM analysis of the National City, Epstein B, and Hollywood cases. Mm -hmm. um, and then on page five, item seven, uh, Chair LaHood stated that the Compliance and Amendments Committee has been reviewing the text of the ordinance, period. She stated that this item was not on the committee agenda today because the meeting had to be short, but we'll continue the, to discuss this item at the October Compliance and Amendments Committee meeting. It's not a big deal. Okay. You, it, whatever. There are ways to write that. And that this set of minutes also was not approved in October. This would be the action to approve tonight. This is not an amendment. We again continued these last time. Anyway, with with that understanding, with any other discussion we have, I would so move to uh, approve with those edits and yada yada, blah blah blah. Uh, Member Anderson, Member Wolf, do you have any uh, edits or comments on these minutes? No, Member Anderson, saying no. That. Okay, that's fine. Both I see those same myself. That's fine. Okay. So, uh, member Pilpel, uh, you made a motion to approve with those suggested changes. Yes. Do we have a 2nd? 2nd. Member uh, Anderson. Okay. Uh, let's open this up for public comment. Members of the public wishing to speak on item 5 can approach the podium. If you're online and would like to speak on item 5, please raise your hand using star 3 or if you're in the app, raise your hand. I'll give you a moment. We have no members of the public or in the online community who wish to speak. Okay, please call the uh, vote. Member Pilpel? Aye. Member Pilpel, aye. Member Anderson? Aye. Member Anderson, aye. Member Wolf? Aye. Member Wolf, aye. Chair LaHood? Aye. Chair LaHood, aye. Four in favor. Okay. Um, so, Ms. Leger, uh, same as last time, I think uh, I think we've got a routine for this. I think this will work out. Member Pilpel, thank you for your suggested edits. Uh, please call the next item. On item number six. Uh, item number six, approval of the October 24, 2023 Compliance and Amendments Committee meeting minutes. Okay, do we have comments on the October minutes? If you. 
member Pilpel. Um, okay, I have a question. Oh, Maybe yes. uh, Administrator Young can address this. Um, member Pilpel is suggesting that we, when we do roll call, that we also include which staff members are present at our hearings. Do you think this is a a requirement, or what's your opinion on that? Well, the members involved in the meeting. Are you talking about the respondent in the? No, no, no. Um, when we were actually discussing uh, item number one, which is roll call and agenda changes. And I, we, I guess it's. I think Member Pilpel is asking that the staff members present be recorded on the minutes. Right, and we've never done that. Yes, uh, Mr. Young, SNTF what do you think? Staff members. Yes. Or departmental staff members. SOTF staff members. Um, so that would be I've the three done of us. Before. I, since we are not part of the meeting, we are just record keepers. I don't think we should be uh, noted there. We are noted as uh, the clerk of the meeting on the agenda. Uh, we're looking at the agenda right now. Hang on. Uh, you Ms. may be sorry, that might be, uh, I, I'm mixing it with BOS committees, but we list all the clerks, right? The clerk of the committee. Yeah, so it does not look like the, uh, uh, Ms. Leger or other staff are listed on the agenda. So you're saying that is something that is done at the board of supervisors. Well, and just as an overall, this is the clerk of this committee. Mm -hmm. uh, and we don't note the clerk for individual votes. Uh, so, I, I really don't think that would be, I don't think any other committee does it. I don't think it's a good idea, uh, personally. Question. Uh, Member Wolf. Um, Victor, um, if legal counsel is in the room for a committee, um, are they noted as being present? They are noted as being present as a speaker. Oh, only, only when they are asked to speak, but yes. not. Not as not as far as taking attendance. No. Okay. Thanks. So, uh, member Pilpel. So my thought, and again, we're just talking about it. Mm -hmm. I just thought it was useful for the record to list the three staff people and the deputy city attorney who may be present for that meeting if they're there just so that the record is clear. So if there's a question when we say, well, you know, we heard this in committee a year and a half ago. Well, who was there for that? Oh, that was one where uh, staff person uh, Peterson or deputy city attorney Collins uh, was there. On I'd like it to make a recommendation. Here's, here's sure. my thought. This is an interesting suggestion yes. since it's not what has been done in the past and it sounds like it's non-standard according to what happens at other meetings. I'd like for us not to make this decision Fine. here, but if you could bring that up with chair Yankee Fine. and maybe ask for that to be added to our full task force agenda. I feel like that should be discussed. Uh, may I make another suggestion? If you do yes, want Mr. to do that, just list down the bottom of the agenda. Where we're doing the votes, um, you know, that little blurb we put on the bottom of the agenda. Okay, again, I don't think this committee should be making that decision. I'm asking that member Pilpel dis discuss, ask member Yankee to put it on the agenda for a full task force hearing so we can decide something for the whole task force in all committees rather than making that decision just in this committee. I totally agree what you said. 
Okay. Yes, and I just wanted to bring to your attention that we are trying to do action type minutes and not get mm -hmm. too much into the, the details. Yes. I totally agree. I hear you. <laughs> uh, uh, Member Anderson, it looked like you had a comment. My comment was that I agree wholeheartedly with what you said, that this is something, if we're going to do it, we'll do it across the board, mm -hmm. but not committee by committee. So why don't we table the discussion on that until we have our full task force meeting? Okay. I'm sensing, I, I'm sensing some agreement here. Member Wolf, we can't see you. Yeah. Just want to make sure. Yes. Yeah, I just would say, you know, depends upon meeting bodies, you know, but generally like in a Roberts rules parliamentary kind of thing, generally you would notate who this, who staff was and who guests might be at a board meeting, so to speak. Now we're not going to list everybody that shows up in the gallery, so to speak. Right. It's not that it's not the same kind of meeting body, you know, but generally, you know, it's, Good to know who is on, you know, who is like working with the body itself directly uh, that is present. So, you know, uh, who's there uh, for that meeting or not. Um, and it's not a kind of a wild goose chase to figure it out. So it, it's it's six and one half dozen the other for me. Okay, thank you. So I would say member Pilpel, interesting point. I would love to ask you to bring that up to chair Yankee and discuss at the full task force. Um, were there any other agenda? Yes. yes. Just a okay. Couple of other tell, tell me where we were. I've, I've lost my place now. Um, you're, you're in your place. You're, you're not. Out no, I mean, in on the, oh, on the oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Page, uh, on the October set. Yes. Page 2 mm -hmm. at the bottom. Uh, I, my notes indicate that the action, um. Was moved by me, seconded by Member Wolf to continue the matter to the next compliance and amendments committee meeting rather than the specific December date. Right. Okay. And similarly on page three, item five, it was the same action to continue the matter to the next compliance and amendments committee meeting. It was not to the call of the chair. Okay. Um, on uh, item seven and actually back on item one as well, uh, I think in this case, we're referring to Sergey as Sergey. So I spelled it the same way consistently throughout. Um, um, I think here and I, I think both on item seven and item 10, I thought it was better to say a representative from the police department respondent in parens was not present and did not inform the task force administrator in advance. I don't think we get to decide whether it should be lieutenant too. Right. Okay. They can send who they are mm -hmm. not. Okay. Capitalizing police department somewhere here. Um, and I think on page four, uh, third line and requested the task force administrator to confirm the respondents attendance in advance. It didn't make sense to me attendance at mm -hmm. the meeting mm -hmm. to know in advance. Um, Although I didn't include that in here, we should probably think about some way to deal with complaints that still refer to the, the old CPRA sections. Um, I, I haven't created uh, a table and I don't want to fix that right now. Yeah, but, but that's a point, good question for the future. Yeah. Yes. And the future is a long it's, way away or. Or it's tomorrow. Or it's coming soon. Yeah. Yes. All of the above. Um, 
consistency here, Michael Teron, petitioner, was not present for the hearing and did not notify the task force administrator in advance, period. Um, next page, page five. Um, it, it's just style. I'm not going to go over that. Same thing on there, same thing, same thing. Um, significantly on page six, the vote on item 10, uh, member Wong was no longer with us, so that vote should be recorded as uh, eyes, uh, wolf, Pilpel, and LaHood. That is correct. Um, and prior to item 11 and prior to item 12, I was suggesting adding the committee was in recess from 640 to 652, and the committee was in recess from 859 to 906. Okay. Because, in fact, we, we were, you know, sort of yep. were. Um, I, since, Chair LaHood, since you did not include uh, a summary of the discussion on item 11, I didn't uh, add to that. There was just a, you know, brief. Yeah, it's, we were saying what we were going it. to be doing. I don't think that requires any further right. detail. Right. Um, but we did have, you know, two hours of good discussion on it. So it was not like we didn't do anything. Uh, or did we? Detailed notes will be included in the attachments of the next committee meeting agenda, which they in fact are. Right, right, right. Yes. Uh, okay, that's fine. Yeah. Um, I mean, to be honest, we said so many things. Yes. That. Um, so although you have action a good... minutes. Yeah. Yes, that's right. yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's all good. Uh, I think that's that's the substance of it. So, um, for the third and the last time tonight. Uh, with all of that understanding. Hold on. Oh. I want to see yep. if nope. uh, Member Anderson or Member Wolf have any other suggested changes for these minutes. I do not. Member Wolf? Nothing here. Okay. Member Pilpel. All right. So um, for the third and last time tonight, with all of those understandings and edits, I so move to approve um, as amended. Uh, do we have a second? Second. Okay. Um, thank you both. Uh, let's open this up for public comment. Members of the public wishing to speak on this item can approach the podium. If you're in the online audience, please raise your hand using star three, or if you're in the app, raise your hand. I'll give you a moment. We have no callers in the queue and no members of the public who wish to speak. Thank you. Um, before we move on to the next item, I do want to ask, and maybe this is a procedural thing. I thought it was helpful to then put the final approved minutes in the following agenda. Is that helpful or should we, now that these have been approved, we just trust that we're, we're making those changes and Ms. Leger is uploading them to the website and we leave it at that. Is that less confusing than attaching them to the next next agenda or? What are your thoughts on this? Personally, I think if we've authorized it and if it happens mm -hmm. with your magic wand and the tiara and all that, and it gets posted online, that's fine. Okay. I don't feel a need to see it. Yet okay. Again. Okay. Member Wolf, would you agree? Yeah, no, I'm fine with that. As long as the uh, originals are curated, they still exist. So that way, if anyone has any questions or concerns about the original to the amended, uh, they both exist. 
Okay, well, they, I'll tell they, you they exist here today, right? So they're they're connected to this agenda. Yeah, so. I mean, we we as far as I know, Ms. Leger, these uh, past agendas and attachments to past agendas exist in perpetuity. So anyone could obviously go back to a previous agenda, look at earlier versions even though those aren't the versions that are attached to the meetings on our website. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. What's attached to our meeting websites are the final approved versions approved by the committee itself. Yeah. And so if you're making a, a general um, approval uh, pending uh, with, with uh, amendments, which is generally what we do, um, yeah, I think that uh, that'd be fine. And I also keep a hard copy of uh, I keep the uh, edits, I keep the original uh, agenda, you know, not the one with all the attachments, but the one we started out with or ended up with. And then um, whatever edits are included, I keep those edits and uh, upload the uh, final version of the minutes to the agenda. So, like you said, if anybody wants to view them, that's fine. Okay. Member Wolf, does that make sense? Uh, sorry, fumbling with the mute button. Um, yes, that makes that's fine. It, okay. You know, it's just as long as the originals um, are curated somewhere. Okay, and member Pilpel. And when they're approved, and the final version says approved with the date and with the committee, and that's the version yes. that's uploaded. So yes. there is version control. I think we are fine. I think okay. we have done all kinds of great things with minutes. Tonight. Okay, this is awesome. Um, let's move on. Uh, please call the next item. We need to vote. Oh, to sorry, vote. sorry, sorry. I'm moving too fast. Please call the vote. Member Pilpel. Aye. Member Pilpel. Aye. Member Anderson. Aye. Member Anderson. Aye. Member Wolf. Aye. Member Wolf. Aye. Chair Hood. Aye. Chair Hood. Aye. Four in favor. Okay, thank you all. Um, next item, please. Item number eight, file number 22020, complaint. No, 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 we have public general oh, public comment. Sorry about that, please accept my apologies. Item number seven, public comment. Members of the public may address the committee on matters that are within the committee's jurisdiction, but not on today's agenda. Uh, Ms. Peterson, do we have anyone wishing to make general public comment? There's no one in the room. There's no one in the room and we have no one online who has their hand raised. Okay. Uh, let's close general public comment and Ms. Leger, please call the next item. Item number eight, file number 22020, complaint filed by Sergei Zverinov against the police department for allegedly violating administrative code section 6721C as in CAT by failing to respond to a public records request in a timely and or complete manner. On October 24, 2023, the Compliance and Amendments Committee moved to continue the matter until December 19, 2023 Compliance and Amendments Committee and request verbal confirmation from the police department that a representative will be in attendance at that hearing. Uh, Mr. Severinoff and Lieutenant Beauchamp, you have both been added as panelists and you may mute and unmute as well. Okay, so great. So we have the petitioner and a uh, representative for the respondent here. Uh, Mr. Sveranoff, um, obviously this has been ongoing compliance. We appreciate you being back here with us this evening. Um, I'd like to give you a few minutes to give us an update of where things stand and then we'll uh, turn to, um, and forgive me, you said it was Lieutenant Beauchamp? Um, for uh, uh, some comments as well, but 
Um, uh, Ms. Peterson, could you make sure that uh, Mr. Sparanov's microphone is open and we'd like to give him a few minutes to speak. We're not going to set a timer, but we just ask that you um, make your comments brief and concise. Thank you. Uh, before we uh, speak, I'd like to address the logistical organizational issue or preparation issue. Uh, um, on, uh, for the October meeting, uh, on which I was present, I have uh, submitted to the, the um, committee a uh, packet um, of my documents that included the um, memorandum, that included uh, 27 emails from SFPD, and that included uh, also a um, uh, document from SFPD website regarding the treatment of the police reports as public information. So, uh, when I submitted them, I did this by the deadline of that meeting, which was set for October 18. Uh, and then I received the agenda for that meeting then without any uh, attachments to my file. I uh, did uh, send an email to uh, Victor Young who responded to me, and I have a copy of his email in front of me saying that, that my um, uh, materials will be added to the agenda materials, uh, to the agenda packet. Uh, then during the hearing that was done on October 24th, my understanding that the committee members had my materials, in particular when I referred to those 27 emails from SFPD and from the uh, website of the police department, there was an understanding that uh, everybody was familiar with those um, emails are. But uh, in this today's agenda packet, these materials are not included. So for me, this is shocking. Although it's not as shocking as the incompetence of this committee, which has been actually canceled once in December, for the reason that they stated for me as uh, some sort of uh, omission by the committee. So where are my where are the, where are the my materials? That's the question that I want to ask you. That's the question that I want to ask clerks. And without these materials, without the twenty-seven emails from SFPD, which are documentary evidence that they keep and conceal my responsive records from me, I don't see how we can continue today. Uh, Ms. Leger. Can you um, address uh, Mr. Uh, Zvernoff's concerns about what has been attached or not attached to the agenda? Um, I thought I had put everything together. Um, um, let me ask Mr. Zvernoff, I mean, I do see uh, quite a bit of material here. So you're saying in addition to what is attached there's further information that you sent that was not attached? Specifically, the materials that I emailed to the committee to solve clerks on October 18 as a zip folder with 27 emails from police department, my memorandum describing what those 27 emails are, these were the things that I emailed on October 18. Uh, I had a discussion, an email discussion with Victor Young about them. He assured me that they will be added. And there's not 
in the packet today. He assured me that will be added to that old packet from October 18, which I don't think now were added. Uh Mr. Young, are you still are you on the line? Uh yes, I am. Give me a moment. I'm gonna take a look. Okay, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh and truthfully, I am not gonna be able to recall uh anything about packets because that's it's just too long ago for me. Well, I have the emails and I have your email to me as of October 19. Well, I just, you know, I, I'm not gonna be able to speak to this issue. Anything that I do get, I put into the file. Um, so I can't speak to anything if there is a missing item. Okay, um, let, actually, let me ask uh, committee members, since, as Mr. Sverinov said, the materials were attached to a previous packet, is that correct, Mr. Sverinov? Yes, they, okay. what I say is they should have been attached mm -hmm. to the previous packet. Uh, the matter was substandard and unusual there. There was a deadline given of October 18. Mm -hmm. for the committee meeting of October 24th. Mm -hmm. Then, a couple of days before October 18, the clerk sent an agenda packet, mm -hmm. which I said, well, why is I emailed stating, objecting to that, objecting to the early uh, preparation of the agenda packet because the deadline has not passed yet. So by the deadline of the 18th, mm -hmm. I, I send the materials, Mm -hmm. Then I send an email to uh, Victor Young uh, and uh, requested that specifically that these materials that I sent on October 18 would be included. And he responded on October 19, I have an email that I actually just forwarded at about an hour and a half ago to Victor Young when I looked at the today's agenda packet. I forwarded that email back to the young with the question why my materials are not there. And these materials include my memorandum that I prepared for October hearing and the 27 emails from the police department. 27, the police department has been bombarding me with emails. They sent 27 to me in July and all those emails are actually admission of the fact that they have my responsive records. I did forward them to the committee, to the your committee, compliance committee on October 18. They're not there in the agenda package. All right, okay. well, you know what? Um, we shouldn't be um, asking uh, Mr. Young about whether these should have been included or not. I, I have to take responsibility for this. I do not recall seeing um, all these emails but I will responded to me on October 19. He responded to me. I sent the email to SOTF uh, email and he responded to me on October 19. Himself, okay. I didn't ask, I didn't email to him. And Mr. Leger, I think you have screwed the files so many times that shame on you. 
So, Mr. Zvernoff, you know, I'm, I'm sorry that this happened and it, and I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry that we don't have all of the documents that you sent in the agenda packet. Uh, my question to you today is, would you like, I, I'm, I would like to ask, would you like to proceed since you are here and we have Lieutenant Beauchamp here? And since this is follow up on compliance, the most important thing I think to know is. To find out what you have received and what you still have not received that we asked for in our order of determination. Um, again, I, I apologize. I don't, for, so. yeah. no. I don't think we can proceed. And the reason is Tell very simple. Mm -hmm. There, these are 27 emails from the police department that mm -hmm. mention incident reports. Now, the previous racist Toomey has lied to this committee many times saying that they have complied and completed disclosure. After his multiple racist lies, lies, the SFPD sent to me these emails saying they're processing my request for incident reports. And some of you remembers my address to this committee in October, I said, I never made any request. So somebody in the police department had went into their system, generated those requests, and and referenced incident reports. Incident reports about which I have no idea. And in these 27 emails, there are numbers, numbers of these incident reports. I can quote you one, but there are 14 uh, incident reports that I mentioned starting from 09094309. That's the first. Why am I giving to you? Just as a confirmation that this is documentary evidence, that there are real incident reports that SFPD inadvertently, by their racist stupidity, has released. They wanted to conceal them, but they cannot because they're stupid racists. And now, this is now a confirmation of the fact that they are concealing reports from me. Now, without those emails, without the, this committee being able to look at the, those emails and to see with their own eyes that what I'm saying is not as really empty words, that they are real anti-immigrant racist policies of the sub-PD of concealing the information from me, I don't see how we can continue. Those emails are there for you to see things with your own eyes. Okay, um, Mr. Yes. yes. Chair, I may interject temporarily. Yes. Uh, as this matter was heard by the full task force and referred to the Clients Amendments Committee, the instructions to the CAC was to request the SFPD provide copies of all documents provided and list other categories of responsive documents that they may have under their jurisdiction and provide as follow-up process in order the SFPD to turn over body cam footage. We should be concentrating on that issue and not rehearing this case from the beginning. Mm -hmm. yep. We should be uh, concentrating on the order from the full task force. Thank you, Mr. Young. That is helpful. Um, uh, thank you. I appreciate that. that. Mr. Sveranov, um, I, uh, again, I'm sorry that we did not include the, those uh, um, emails and documents that you sent, but I agree with what Mr. Young said. I think we should proceed with um, seeing to what degree the police department has uh, or 
has not complied with our specific order of determination. Since we have a representative uh, here today, I would like to hear from Lieutenant Beauchamp. Um, I will come back to you again, um, but I do think because this is a compliance issue and not an initial hearing, even though I am sorry that we, we don't have all of those records in front of us, I do think we should uh, proceed with this discussion. So um, I'd like to ask uh, well, Lieutenant well, Beauchamp. Oh, yes. This goes to the to the matter of compliance, mm -hmm. they, the at the task at the at the at the issue here is whether the SFPD has provided responsive records. And what I am telling you is that SFPD has been claiming that they are doing this, but their own emails actually contradict themselves. Okay, so it's 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 evidence that they themselves have provided. That inadvertently that shows that they've been lying through the teeth. So I will say this. Thank you. Thank you for bringing this to our attention and we will stick with this as long as we need to. But I do want to see if we can make some headway today. And since we have a representative here um, who we can ask to discuss where they think they are and that we can ask questions of. I'd like to see where we can get today. So don't worry, Mr. Zverinov, I will come back to you. Um, but I'd like to ask uh, Lieutenant Beauchamp um, uh, to speak and let us know where you think the police department is in terms of complying with our order of determination. And if you could tell me what additional records have been turned over to Mr. Zverinov and have you what uh, the police department was to provide copies of documents to us and a list of all additional possible documents and to turn over the body cam footage. Can you tell us where you are in this process? Uh, yes, thank you, Task Force Member. Uh, I believe I stand by Lieutenant Toomey's final response that we've provided all documentation uh, regarding body worn camera footage. Our records show that we've provided uh, all BWC broken up over a series of dates. Um, according to our records, it appears that we provided uh, some of the requests for BWC in May of 2023. Uh, October of 2023, as well as in uh, one second large file, uh, July of 2023 and June of 2023. So according to our records, I believe we've turned over all applicable BWC that was requested. Okay, uh, Mr. Zverinov, do you have the body-worn camera footage from May, October, June, and July 2023? I have not received anything in October. And I, since the summer, there has not been any disclosure. I have received some uh, footage from uh, in April and some footage in in uh, June or July. Not in October. Nothing. Okay. And again, I want to say these are the incident reports that exist: zero nine zero nine four three nine zero nine. The second number is 05003072828. Third number 05095-4281. Fourth number 16603413. Fifth number 18039-6664. Next number 20060381. Next number 13041193. 
the following number 1508078178817 next number 0180111444 next number 0509719192 next number 0704513336 next number and last number 17010490000 these are the incident reports SFPD incident reports that SFPD has emailed me about telling me they are preparing them for me and demanded my ID. These are the emails I received in July. Uh, their request for my ID is illegal. I did not provide them my ID. Then they sent me emails saying they closed my these requests because I did not provide an ID. They are continuing okay. to thumb noses and violate the law. They have admitted in those emails that they have those uh, incident reports, but they will only release them if I come to them again and show my ID. Completely okay. illegal mockery of the law. Mr. Uh, uh, Mr. Zverinov, thank you. Uh, Lieutenant Beauchamp, can you, uh, so Mr. Zverinov says he does not have the body-worn camera footage from October. Could you, since that, even though you believe that the department previously sent that, could you please send that to Mr. Zvernov? Sure, I may have I may have uh, misspoke. It's been a very long day. Uh, I did not mean October. I meant August. August, uh, Mr. Zvernov. So, yes. so uh, May, June, July, and August. Okay, Mr. Zvernov, do you have the the footage from August? Um, I do not believe I received anything since the meeting. Uh, that was in the summer, so I don't believe I received any, uh, there was two, two, two disclosures of body one cameras in, um, in, uh, in the summer. So that racist representative from the police department doesn't know what he was okay, talking. Okay. 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 Here, here, doesn't I, know what he is talking. I, I just asked you a question about what you had or had not received. Uh, I had not about received three releases in the summer. Okay. Uh, he doesn't know what he is talking about. Which months he is confused. He as he is confused. Racist. That's what. what well, that's who he is. Okay. As okay. course, member, yes. I'm happy to have our unit recompile all those links and send them again. If you could recompile the links, send them all again, and uh, that would be appreciated. And then, if you could uh, email our administrator and let us know that that has been done, or send us a copy. Of I don't know that we just a copy. Of send us a copy of the communication. We don't need the files, but we need to know that they've been delivered. Yeah. Okay. We will. Uh, we will attempt to CC you. It'll have the link to the files, but it won't have the files themselves. Okay. That would be great. Thank you. Um, and then, as far as this list of incident reports, um, can you explain why the police department was? And sorry, I've just been diving in with the questions, and I will hand this over to other task force members. Um, but can you explain? Um, why uh, there was a request for Mr. Zvernov's ID when we asked that this information be turned over to him? So that I can't speak to at this moment. Going through our records, it appears that there are 34 separate requests naming uh, the requester. Uh, some of them went directly to our records division who is the primary point of contact for releasing police reports. And some of them have come directly up to our legal unit, which is in charge of all other public records requests. 
So I would have to research the ones that went directly to the um, directly to the CISU unit. Uh, but I can get back to you on that. Okay. Um, I think most importantly, since Mr. Smirnoff has provided detailed numbers of the incident reports that he's looking for, uh, if those could be, uh, I think we would like to have those provided directly to him, and then we would like to receive confirmation that those have been provided to him. No problem. I know he said them out loud, but he was very quick. If there was a way I could get a copy of his, uh, the numbers he provided. I can um, double check those against our records. Okay, member Pilpel, you had something to add there. Yeah, a, a few things if I. Uh, yes, can. please. So on the sequence here, I don't know when this was filed. This was at the full task force in June of uh, 23. I wasn't uh, on it. There was uh, an order on that date. Um, it was back at this committee in June of 23. It was continued to October. At the October meeting, the police department was not present and we continued it to today. So this is now the third time at the committee post order. So uh, the order asked for um, a few specific things. Victor um, related that. I'm seeing in the file a letter from the police department dated June 21st. Mm -hmm. Um, that appears to me on its face to respond to the task force requests and includes, as far as I can tell, all of those specific CAD numbers that you made a list of, yes. Mr. Svernoff, uh, um, related. And in most cases, it appears from the police department's response that those records were provided in November of 22 or December of 22 in a couple of cases. Uh, Mr. Svernov was not a party to the record, doesn't have uh, authorized access, or he was advised how to contact DEM if it was a CAD number and, and not a case number. Mm -hmm. um, and this also references the body-worn camera footage locate on item 20 located and provided on June 9th, 2023, which appears, again, on its face to be responsive to the task force order. Um, if, if this is a... a an issue of not being able to find things or needed to be uh, resent or something, that's fine. I'm not sure if there's anything new since the, the task force order um, that wasn't provided. And if there's a, a dispute about the police department's letter or response that they say they did, he says they did. I, I don't know where, I don't know if there is a live dispute at that point, at this point, post order of the task force. And that's what I'm uh, interested in because I would like to resolve this tonight and not continue uh, the matter further and close it out with whatever we need to do on it, if that's possible. If it's not, then so be it. But that was my hope, a fervent hope. Yes, I well, hope. it sounds like, and just to make sure that I'm looking at the, you're looking at the letter dated June 21st, 2023. Is that yeah, correct? Which is in our packet. So, which is in our packet. And just to help those who are following along online, um, in item number eight in the packet, I'm seeing this as, uh, it appears on page 83. Uh, is that what, Member Anderson, is that how it shows up for you as well? And it would be really good in the future if we paginated these things, because we did, but tonight we didn't. Uh, so, oh, you're right. Yes, we don't have the anyway, yeah. key number at the bottom. In any case, so right, we have these, uh, we have the numbers of these cases, 
but and yet Mr. Zvernoff says that he's not received them because he okay. said okay, Mr. Zvernoff. Yeah. Yeah. I want to say that these emails again were received by me in two batches in July of 2023, in which SFPD admitted that they have not released them to me. That's why I wanted to that case to be continued for you to see those emails with your own eyes and compare them through the June letter of response by the SFPD and see that they completely contradict each other. That was the whole point of my request not to have that hearing. Well, you proceeded with this hearing without the benefit of my documents that I received from SFPD. And now this kind of a poking into this is just completely selfless because the previous member has referred to them as CAD numbers, not CAD numbers, the police incident report numbers. These are two different things. Maybe you don't know about it, but that's, it is a big difference between an incident report and a CAD number. I know that. Yeah. Uh, member Pilpel, you wanted to say something about that? No, I, I understand that there are CAD numbers that don't result in a case number or incident number. And so those that are CAD numbers only, um, DEM has those records and those that become a police uh, case number or incident uh, become police records. That's my understanding and I could be wrong and I'm happy. Oh, that's um, wrong. Okay. Uh, maybe Lieutenant Beauchamp can um, clarify that. And if there's, a, and I guess to Mr. Svernoff, if in those emails, if you claim that they are, that contradicts what the police department um, said in writing, is there some salient uh, sentence or two um, out of that pile of emails that you could just read to us that you think um, explains the contradiction? I, I don't need to see a huge pile of uh, emails. If, if you can just relate to us what that is, that would sure help. Well, there are 27 emails. And in each of them, there is a salient information. Well, I can read you one of them, July 18, 2023. Dear Sergei Sidorinov, we have received your request for incident report number 09094309. Unfortunately, you must provide a copy of a driver's license, passport, government issued ID, expired passport, uh, out of country passport or consul ID. Upon receipt of the above items, your request will be processed. Okay. okay? Yes. So, Lieutenant Beauchamp, uh, can you authorize to have these reports released without Mr. Zvernoff providing government issued ID? Particularly if they were already produced. Yes, particularly if they were already produced, and this seems to be a uh, I understand that the department has procedures and probably whoever sent that email was trying to follow those procedures, but mm -hmm. seeing as Mr. Zvernoff has come to the task force for assistance in receiving access to these records and we're trying to uh, make sure that our order of determination is complied with, can you, direct, uh, can you directly provide these emails and without requiring that government ID uh, um, that can we get past that? Can we get past that? Uh, of, of course. I mean, there there will be extra levels of redactions based on the fact that Mr. Severnov is not a named party in the report. But if that is one of the reports in question that 
I believe, though, double checking my records, case number 09094309. Mm -hmm. According to uh, Lieutenant Toomey's letter that you are quoting from June 21st, 2023, it says the report was produced on November 22nd, 2022. Right. So, so at that's that point, what he's looking for. Can we just resend it to him? Resend it to him. Okay. By all means. If, if, so if Mr. Uh, Svernoff wants items four through eight, oh, yeah, sorry, four through 13, we can do that. Okay, and Mr. Zverinov, I'm looking at these one, two, three, four, five. Uh, actually, I see one duplicated on here, a uh, set of numbers six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Uh, and I'm looking at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Um, Mr. Zverinov, you actually gave us uh, 12 case numbers. Oh, we're. Actually, I think we're, uh, Mr. Zverinov, the numbers that you read to me, were those the numbers for items 1 through 14, recognizing that one of those, uh, uh, there's one duplicate number? Yes, there was a duplicate number because mm -hmm. that's how the police department does it. They obfuscate, they want to put the wool over the ears, they send emails, 27 emails. And you know, here's the thing. You may say what you want to say about my requests, but these emails contain what the police department says. They say they have not released those incident reports to me. Okay, incident reports, again, it's something that's written by the police officers after an incident on a form has nothing to do with CAD number. It can it's a CAD number, but it's a different number. CAD number is not an incident number. These are two different things. CAD number is in the Department of Emergency Management. Police Department has a copy of it. Incident report is nothing to do with Department of Emergency Ma Management. Police Department has them. I have a copy of their policy in which they admit it's public information. And these are the things that they have admitted they have not released to me in those emails. They okay. have admitted. Thank you. So, Lieutenant Beauchamp, uh, I would like to ask, are you able to release all of the items referred to in, uh, from this letter in section 6A, Roman numerals 1 through 14, recognizing that there's one duplication in there, but can you provide all of those records to Mr. Zverinov without requiring that he provide ID, understanding that if he, wh why would you need to redact if he does not provide ID? Uh, so not a party. quickly not one, a party. okay. Yeah. So, yeah, so, okay. so we re we request ID to see if the individual making the request is a party to the action, either uh, civilly or directly named so that that information doesn't have to be redacted. Okay. Uh, and so if he's not named, you would redact names. Uh, names, Klet's information, uh, anything that may uh, potentially lead to a privacy violation or um, otherwise, depending upon the report, you know, violations of welfare institution code, juvenile code, et cetera. Okay. Uh, so yeah, we are happy to resubmit these with the exception, of course, uh, touching on 6A sub I and sub II, the two CAD numbers. 
And can you explain uh, why? I mean, I, I understand it's advised how to contact DEM, but if that's going to cause more of an obstacle, could we ask you to provide the information to him directly? I mean, we were not the custodian of record for CAD numbers. I mean, if we could try to produce them, but we'd have to redact them, make sure there's nothing in there that DEM doesn't want put out there. Um, Member right. Pilpel. Maybe if you can just include um, the standard paragraph of how to uh, request records from DEM so that it's very clear what the email or phone number is for DEM and how to obtain uh, CAD records. I, I don't think we should put the police department in the position of being the go-between with DEM. I think their obligation is They've that. identified the location of those right. records. Right, and I think if you make very clear to Mr. Chernoff how he can get those records from DEM. That is considered adequate assistance. Yeah, okay. um, but for the, the case numbers, um, just so that it's clear that Mr. Sferinoff, I believe, is Mr. Sferinoff. So if you can process the request, understanding that, uh, redacting only to the extent that you need to redact for whatever reason. Of course. Even, so, if yeah, this is even if this is repeating records that he's already received. I'm just trying to get the guy the stuff. No problem. So uh, we will definitely provide the link to contacting dispatch for requesting CADs. And we will recompile all the BWC links. And we will uh, work on re-providing uh, the case numbers starting at sub III down through XIV. Okay, thank you. Uh, member Anderson, uh, Member Wilk, I, like uh, Member Pilpel and I have been saying a lot, I wanted to give both of you a chance to weigh in or ask your questions. Um, I, at this point, I don't have any questions. I think pretty much uh, Member Pilpel has um, voiced the concerns that I had as far as moving this case along. So, yes, and I think that should be a adequate adequate resolution if we can get that information to Mr. Smyrna. Uh, Member Wolf. You've, you've covered all the, the same ground I would have covered. Um, the only thing I would, I would add is just in support of, you know, asking for ID. We, we have been through this through other departments and agencies in the city. And if it pertains to that person directly, um, and there's knowledge of it, and we have knowledge of it here, um, that there really shouldn't be any need to continually ask for ID. If it was requested that it be sent to him, then what ID would you collect? You know, it, it just seems a bit non sequitur to me. It just doesn't, it doesn't fly. So I would just, um, you know, say, and, and for everything else that we do, for every other case that we do it, where documents need to be delivered, there's, there's an assumption that this is the person, in fact, they have their address, their contact information, they've been talking to them. And, you know, I mean, this has been going on for uh, ad infinitum at this point. And I would just say, let's just move it along and um, and not create more obstacles. Thank you. Thank you. Um, members, do we uh, this have- This is Victor. Uh, may yes. I make a suggestion? Yes. Yeah, since we're at the point that the task force has already made their decision and only concerned with compliance of this specific provision of the documents listed, mm -hmm. can we add it to that this motion? 
you know, this list of items that we want them to provide. And this is the only thing we are looking at at future hearings. And all the other previously submitted documents are. I would hate to say irrelevant, but they're not pertinent to the provisions of these documents requested. Member Pilpel, you look like you have a comment there. I am disinclined to continue this thing. My preference, I'm not, I've already made all the other motions, so I'd love for somebody else to make the motion. Um, my, my preference is for us to somehow memorialize the request to the police to recompile and transmit as we just discussed and deem that it is complied with and close the matter, period. Oh, but I, I don't think we close not, matters until. Un, you you want to see it? I, 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 want, I right. want a confirmation that delivery has happened. Okay. So then either it comes back one more time or we somehow grant you or somebody the authority to, to deem that it's done and we're done. Because at some point, I mean, I understand I you're concerned I, that this could keep and, going on and, and keep going on, and, but there's an easy way for it not to keep going on. Right. And that is for the police department to uh, Lieutenant Beauchamp, who seems willing to comply with this, right. to resend the, uh, uh, to recompile and resend the body worn camera footage and to send to Mr. Zverinov all of the case numbers listed without requiring him to submit ID. And we understand that there may be personal information redacted on the cases for which Mr. Sparanoff is not listed, uh, uh, in, in which the cases were not about him, and also to send clear instructions regarding how to contact DEM to get the uh, CAD files for the two items listed. Um, and I would like to see that happen in five days because this has been going on for quite some time and it sounds like Lieutenant Beauchamp has access to the materials. So if this could happen in five days, and if we can have confirmation emails regarding both of those requests sent to our administrator, it sounds like this that compliance may be resolved and we won't need to put this on a future agenda. There you go. I think that is what we're looking at at this point. Would I, someone like to make a motion to that effect? I, I could certainly live with that. I, I, can I just explain the reason I'm less interested in seeing this again is it doesn't seem to me like there's any dispute about outstanding records that haven't yet been provided. These all appear to be records that have already been provided. You, no, they haven't been provided. They've been identified. They have not been provided. I'm not sure. I think there may be some dispute about that. The, Maybe the, the language that's being used here, report produced on X date, maybe the report was produced but not provided. Right. If so, access okay. was limited because ID wasn't presented, then they have okay. not been provided. They've okay. been identified. Fair, okay, yeah. fair enough. So maybe that's true. Happy to go with what you're suggesting. Yes. Should I just make the motion? Okay. I'd like to make a motion that we are asking uh, we, we are asking Lieutenant Beauchamp within five business days to send to Mr. Sparanoff the body worn, worn camera footage, recompiled anything that the, the department has identified that is relevant 
and may have previously been provided, but we want it all compiled and sent again with confirmation sent to the Sunshine Ordinance Task Force Administrator that those files have been sent. And we would like for the all of the case numbers identified in uh, item 6A and all of the relevant subsections to be sent to Mr. Sparanoff without requiring that he provide ID, understanding that there may be redactions in cases where he was not uh, a named party in the case. And we would like confirmation that those have been sent to be sent to our administrator at SOTF at BOS. SFGov. At, excuse me, at SFGov, SOTF at SFGov.org. Thank you. A second. And I think, and I think you were saying, and oh. upon receiving that, if you deem that it's been complied, no? I, I, I think I would like to leave the order. At, okay, at just that. leave it at that. Just leave it okay. at that. That's fine. Uh, Member Wolf, were you were you seconding? Yes, I second that. Okay. Okay. Um, members, any other comments or uh, yes, Ms. Lachey? I just want to make sure I've got the uh, motion correct. Okay. Uh, you moved that we are asking Lieutenant Beauchamp to produce within five business days uh, to Mr. Sveranov the body cam footage and whatever has been identified by the committee. I would like for all the case numbers in item 6A to be sent to Mr. Sveranov, but there may be redactions and would like confirmation of this exchange sent to the administrator. Um, and I would like to say all of the incident reports associated with the case numbers. We already have the case numbers. We need the incident reports associated with the case numbers. In item 6A. In the it, sorry, go ahead. Oh, and I would just add um, that maybe we should indicate it's in the June 21, 2023 letter. Yes. Mm -hmm. So that it's identified where 6A is. Yes. It's From Lieutenant Will William Toomey. Yeah. Dated June 21, you said? Yep. Correct. 2023. Can I just clarify? Uh, Mr. Pelpel, yes. Um, so the way I understand the motion, and that's fine, it's that ultimately the records go from police to Mr. Sveranov, and the confirming email to the task force is not with the underlying records, but it's, you know, like the log saying we sent these things to Mr. Sveranov. We don't want to see the underlying records. Yes. We just want a confirming email saying that they went. Yes, that's what we're looking for. Yes, okay. and I think, and I'm saying that because Mr. Zvernov had previously said that he didn't want. Yes, he he didn't necessarily want the 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 records to be part of our records, which is fine. I yeah. don't want to see. Uh, shall we read it again, just to make sure? I mm -hmm. I was well. You were talking. I was trying to make sure that it was clear here. Uh, Chair LaHood Booth, that we are asking Lieutenant Beauchamp to provide within five business days to Mr. Sveranov the body cam footage of whatever has been identified by the committee. I would like for all the incident reports listed in item 6A of the letter dated June 21, 2023, to be sent to Mr. Sveranov 
and indicate there may be redactions, and we would like confirmation of this exchange sent to the administrator. And that there be no changes in the order determination. What? And that there be no changes to the, yeah. Well, we don't need to say there. that. We don't need to say that. All I want to do is to make sure. Did I say it right? Yeah. I think so. Uh, Member Wolf, does that sound like what you signed on for? Yes. Okay. Thank you, Bruce. Thank you, Bruce. Unless anyone has anything else, I think we should open this up for public comment. Yes. If there are members of the public who would like to speak on this item, please approach the podium. If you're a member of the online community and would like to speak on this item, please raise your hand using star three, or if you're in the app, raise your hand. I'll give you a moment. We have no members of the public or in the, the online community who wish to speak. Okay. So are the incident reports that I read to you included in this motion or not? I yes. Yes. Where do we want to put that? Where do we want to put that? They're identified. Cam footage, incident reports, and whatever may be identified by the committee. No, no. it's in there. It's in the motion. It's in the motion. It's in the motion. It's it in is. the motion. And Mr. we. Mr. Sveranov, I just read it. It's incident case reports on item 6A as an apple of the letter dated June 21, 2023. It's in the motion. But those incident reports that I quoted to you, they're not in that letter. Uh, no, okay. I'm going to pause here 1 second. Mr. Pilpel, you were following. When Mr. Zvernoff read them in and you, I mean, I was writing them down as well. You were following along that these were all the ones that were in this list. I, I'm pretty sure because what I heard him saying, what I saw you. Okay. Happy, I, if, I'm, if I'm, we need to reconcile that we can do that. You know what? Let's reconcile that right now. So I see. 09094390. I see that in this list. I'm looking for 0500-30728. I see that in this list. I'm looking for 0509-54281. I see that in this list. I'm looking for 16603-4137. I see that in this list. I'm looking for 1803966664. I see that in this list. I'm looking for 200-60-3814. I see that at the very bottom of the list. I'm looking for 134-1119. Do you see that one? Three. Oh, excuse me. Uh, one, nine, three. Yes. Yeah. And you see that? I'm looking for 150-807-817. I see. Yep. Yeah. Um, I'm looking for 018-011. Four, four, four. We have a little discrepancy oh, there. I may have had a typo. Okay. Because I was typing quickly. Can can the two parties uh, make clear? It's listed in the letter as zero eight one. Is it I think that was my transposition. I okay. that was certainly my transposition. I was typing quickly. Well, if you can take that position of transposition. No. Okay. Uh, I'm looking for zero five zero nine seven one nine one two. I don't see that one on the list. Okay, I don't see that one on the list either. So uh, let's hold on to that one. Uh, the other ones I see are 0704513336. Yeah. Do you see that one? Yep. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, 1701049900. Yeah. Yep. 
Okay, so the one that there's a discrepancy and perhaps this was because of my mistyping. I had said 05097-1912. Mr. Zvernoff, was that a number that you gave me or did yes. I type that one? Yes, correct? that's correct. 05097-912, yes. Okay, do we see that anywhere in this list? We do not, but maybe we can um, request that that be Maybe that's the one that isn't on the list and they should go okay. find that. And uh, Mr. Zvernoff, do you, I, I know your, your list of numbers was very good because it's, it, it matched up almost identically here. Do you happen to know uh, where that one came from and did that come from a different source or do you think that one was just inadvertently left off of this list? Okay. As I'm saying, these are the numbers that were included in the 27 emails that SFPD sent to me in July of 2023. Mm -hmm. These are the references that they themselves included. So I have an email saying, this is the incident report, show us your ID. Okay. Um, I will add it to my list. Okay, Done. thank you. <laughs> uh, so, I would like to amend our motion, and I'd like to ask if Member Wolf will accept this, where we say the the case, the um, incident reports associated with the case numbers listed in that letter. And Ms. Leger, could you say, and case number 0509 Zero Sorry, go ahead. Zero five zero nine seven nine one nine two. No, seven one nine one two. Seven one nine two. And what do we call that incident report? Case number. Case what? Case number. I mean, there's an, I think yeah. we said incident reports associated with the case numbers listed in that section of the letter and case number, the one I just read. So we want to make sure that's added in addition to all of the ones that were, that we verified are in the letter. Like uh, for all incident case reports associate uh, in item 6A of the letter dated June 21, 23 and case number 0509719912. Is that it? Yes. Okay. To be sent to Mr. Saranov, and uh, there may be redactions. We want confirmation of this exchange sent to the uh, administrator. It already says within five business days. Okay, Member Wolf, do you accept that amendment? Yes, I do. Okay. Um, members, uh, Member Anderson. No, oh, I thought you were going to say something. Um, uh, Member Pilpel. To both parties. It's really just a yes or no question. Is it understood what we're asking for tonight? Is there anything that that is unclear about this motion? I know it's work for well, the police I department. I cannot answer this question before before I see the final version. Okay, fine. You'll you'll see it. And to the police department, is it clear what we're asking for? It's work, but is it clear what what we're trying to get at here? Crystal clear. Thank you. Okay. Excellent. Okay, since we made a change uh, to the motion, I'd like to open it up to public comment one more time. 
if there are members of the public or our online community who would like to make uh, public comment on this change, um, please come to the podium or if you're in the online community, press star three or raise your hand in the app. I'll give you a moment. There are no members of the public or callers who would like to speak. Okay, thank you, uh, Ms. Peterson. Uh, Ms. Lachey, please call the vote. Chair LaHood? Aye. Chair LaHood, aye. Member Wolf? Aye. Member Wolf, aye. Member Pilpel? Aye. Member Pilpel, aye. Member Anderson? Aye. Member Anderson, aye. Um, all in favor. Okay, uh, Mr. Spernoff, uh, Lieutenant Beauchamp, thank you for being here today. And we look forward to receiving those confirmation emails that uh, those files have been delivered. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Ms. Leger, if you could please call the next item. Just a moment. Yes. Item number nine, file number 23030, complaint filed by Michael Turan against the Assessor Recorder's Office for allegedly violating Administrative Code Section 6725 by failing to respond to an immediate disclosure request in a timely and a complete manner, 67.25 by failing to keep withholding to a minimum, California Public Records Act 6253B as in boy, by failing to provide, quote, exact copies of records, um, California Public Records Act 6253.9 by failing to provide electronic format in which you hold the information. Uh, California Public Records Act 6254.5 by withholding exemptions already waived by providing the records to the public before this request. On October 24, 2023, the Compliance and Amendments Committee moved to continue the matter to the call of the chair. Okay, and uh, as I'm recalling, we had to continue this because um, uh, participants were not available. Is that correct, Ms. Leger? Okay. Do uh, yeah. the assessor rep was present? The petitioner was not. Right. Okay. Right. So, Ms. Peterson, can you tell us as the petitioner here, and do we have someone uh, for the respondent? Michael Turon is present, and he has been added as a panelist. Derek uh, Nin from the assessor recorder's office has also been added as a panelist. Forgive me. You said Derek Nin. Anin. 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 Thank, you. Thank you. A H N I N. Okay. Thank you. Uh, um, thank you all for being here. Um, what we'd like to do, since this is our first hearing, we're going to give uh, um, uh, five minutes to the petitioner and five minutes to the respondent. Um, our, what we're trying to do here is to find out uh, if we have jurisdiction and if we have enough evidence, uh, if enough evidence has been presented for us to uh, recommend that this be sent to the full task force. This is not a full hearing. We just need to um, understand the facts and matters of the case at this point. Uh, Ms. Leger, if you could uh, um, get ready with the timer and uh, Mr. Turon, uh, when Ms. Leger uh, tells you she's ready, you'll have five minutes to speak. Mr. Turon, are you ready to begin speaking? Yep. Go ahead, sir. Members of the committee, uh, assessor, recorder, thanks for being here today. Uh, in my case file, I wrote a cover letter back on July 2023 um, outlining the jurisdiction, the merits of the complaint, and what the requested action is. 
I'd like to turn my five minutes over for the committee to read that. It's on its PDF page four and five of the packet for this one. Um, and then I'm happy to answer any questions um, that the, the committee has regarding my complaint. Thank you. Uh, shall I stop the timer or? I lose audio. No, we were just uh, uh, we were just taking a close look at the uh, the letter. Um, and Mr. Ms. Lejay, I guess you you had stopped the timer. Um, I guess uh, we'll move on to um, the assessor recorder's office and give them five minutes. Although uh, I, I think Member Anderson stepped out, perhaps thinking that we were going to use the full five minutes. Um, so, uh, Madam Chair, it, yes, which letter are we referring to? Oh, we are referring to in the, uh, um, on page 4 in item 9 in the, yeah. uh, yes. So okay. this is the July 11th letter from Mr. Turan to the task force summarizing his case, Got it. Um, okay. which I, I, part of me wanted to ask for it to be. Read into the record, but I, since it's attached to uh, the file, um, I didn't ask for that. So it is available to members of the public, uh, and I don't know that there are any members of the public who are actually listening to this meeting since none of them have spoken of <laughs> uh, yet. Uh, member Pilpel. We will ask questions later. My only question to Mr. Turan is other than us reading the letter, is there anything else you wanted to add as part of your opening statement? Uh, no, I believe because this is trying to understand, uh, I think that my understanding of the purpose of this meeting is if the committee members have jurisdiction, merits on the complaint and requested action, and so, based on my understanding of the purpose of this meeting, I tried to outline it in a very succinct manner in that brief uh, opening letter. Got it. You did. Okay. Thanks. Thank you. Um, I'm just going to. Uh... I'm just going to wait one more minute. Um to uh for member anderson to return just because i would like for her to be here uh to hear the respondent thank you for your patience 
could take a stretch break. <laughs> stretch accomplished. And just in case anyone uh, has joined, we're just waiting a brief moment for one of our members to return. Okay, great. Uh, um, we have member Anderson uh, returned and I'd like, like to ask for um, uh, Mr. Anand, are you ready to speak for 5 minutes? Once Ms. Leger gives you um, uh, the signal that she's ready with the timer. Yep. Ready. Okay. Thank you. Uh, Ms. Leger, please. Um, it's at your call. Uh, Mr. Anand, are you ready to be speaking? Yes, I'm ready. Go ahead, sir. Okay. Well, good evening, everyone, members of the task force, Mr. Turan. Um, so I'll start. Um, so kind of on this, you know, on the start of this complaint uh, for failing to respond to the IDR in a timely and or complete manner. So on November 18th of 2022, we received uh, Mr. Turan's immediate disclosure request, which was on a Friday. Um, I did receive and got a chance to do my initial review on that Monday. Um, I confirmed that the records exist um, and I um, re did reply directly to Mr. Tehran, um, giving him a confirmation response, acknowledging that the records exist and also acknowledging his request for a rolling response um, that was sent on a Tuesday um, and that was sent via email. Our initial um, date for our production for the rolling response um, was going to be on uh, December 9th. And we also communicated the next steps to Mr. Tehran via email as evidence in our response packet. Um, we did make an attempt with Mr. Tehran to identify the responsive records because in his initial request, he's requesting any and all. Um, we did reach out in good faith so we can ID these records that Mr. Tehran is seeking to avoid any delays in the production. Um, I then connected with my staff to help Mr. Tehran um, with this um, task. Um, but on December 20th, Mr. Tron did not want to modify his request, so we accepted his request as is, in addition to his request for our assessor recorder employee ex expense and travel policies. Uh, on 
December 23, we again, we accepted as is, but we did request an extension due to the volume of records um, in his request that we needed to locate, review, and produce. On January 13th of 2023, that was our first production. Um, we did produce two policy and operational records for Mr. Tron via email. Um, and shortly after, on January 22 of 2023, Mr. Tron, in addition, wanted to request our ASR employee handbook and our ASR code of professional conduct. So we quickly began, you know, we continued our production, um, which led to our next um, production, which is production two and three, which occurred on March 10th of 2023. And again, on March 13th, 2023. Um, the reason it was a split production is because the next um, set of records, it was a, you know, the volume was too big to send via email. So we actually had to send records via secure share to Mr. Tehran. So for this set, we provided an additional 87 policy and operational records along with the employee expense and travel policies that Mr. Tron requested. And after that production on March 20 of 2023, we continued our rolling and we provided an additional 11 policy and operational records. And on this production, we also included our um, assessor recorder employee handbook and our code of professional conduct in this set of records. Once that production was completed, two days later on March 22, 2023, um, our fifth production, we actually um, produced one updated record for our original response, but we also, um, you know, we, we, um, we let Mr. Tron know that we've located an additional 94 records, but we are withholding um, these assessor records under California Revenue and Taxation Code 408A and Government Code uh, Section 7927.705. Um, from that production, um, Mr. Tron did reply he wanted us to confirm that we have never released those 92 records that we are withholding to the public. I did confirm that those records have, you know, we've never produced produced those records to the public, and I didn't hear anything um, after that production. So we can, um, I think that's where your our response packet ends. But there, we continue to provide records to Mr. Tehran. Um, we did provide one last production, um, which is basically covers any and all records that we have, um, and that was on October twenty fourth of twenty twenty three. Um, for this production, we had we produced a total of uh, 30 additional uh, records. Six were produced um, with uh, with no redactions, but 24 records we you know there were redactions, and there was additional five um, uh, documents that were withheld because again they were exempt under dis, uh, exempt from disclosure under official official information privilege under Evidence Code 1040. Uh, California Government Code 7927.705. And there was also one Time additional. Is up, sir. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. Okay. 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 Thank you. We may uh, follow up with additional questions. Okay. Um, members, I'd like to. Um, who, who has questions about this? Who'd like to start? Any questions, but I'll defer to my. Uh, Mr. Anand, I, I have a question. Yes. Um, several of the items that uh, Mr. Turan asked for 
seems like they would be items that you, the department would just have on hand and might be easy to uh, <laughs> send in, in terms of a, uh, an, uh, an IDR. Why would it take so long to send, you know, the org chart, the employee handbook, the employee code of conduct? I mean, what, why did it take so, took so long to supply these items? Well, we didn't, we didn't actually know what Mr. Tehran was looking for. Uh, the scope of his request was any and all, and we were trying to figure, we were trying to produce records where we can easily turn around. So we started reviewing our records. We started pulling records. Um, and this is one of those cases where we were trying to look to Mr. Tehran for kind of guidance on where to start or what he was looking for. So we would minimize the delay. Um, and that's why you see after that first production, um, you know, the productions after that, especially the ones in March, um, they were happening, you know, they were, you know, the turnaround time was much quicker. Um, in addition to these uh, production files, you know, Mr. Tehran was also corresponding with us, letting us know like, oh, um, you know, if he was, if, if he felt like he was missing something, um, and then we were turning around additional records that we've already, we've already provided, um, you know, to kind of close the loop on on those items that he's bringing back up. Like, for example, the code of conduct um, on different requests, um, he's come back and let us know, like, hey, I'm still missing that record. Um, but then what we do is then, you know, we quickly respond back, say, okay, um, to better assist you, here's that record again. And just to let you know, we've already produced this on, you know, on, you know, March 20. 21 or we gave them all the dates that we've already produced that record. So that's, you know, that's we're, we're doing the best we can, especially with the large scope of this. I um, mean, also, we have to go through every page. We have to see if there's any any items on here where there's redactions. But, you know, we're just doing the best that we can. OK, I'm uh, I'm looking at his initial request. And I, I do see that it, that it is broad, but he, he gave examples saying, he said examples, including, but not limited to, and I could understand how that you might interpret that quite broadly, but he was specific about, he said, organization charts, functional charts, department directories, employee handbook, um, and understanding, obviously those change over time, but it would seem that, uh, well, you know what? I don't want to go back and forth on this. I'm looking at the, um, original uh, email, which I'm seeing uh, members uh, sort of in the cascade of emails, but I'm looking at page 24 of the, it appears to be page 24 of 109 on the PDF. Um, I'd like to hand it off to, to do others have questions? Yeah, I have a question. Uh, uh, Member Wolf. Um, to the respondent, Mr. Onion. Um When an employee a uh, new employee comes and you do onboarding, do you provide, what do you provide them with? Yeah, so when they, when they first come on board, um, we provide them with, you know, with our um, ASR employee handbook, um, that, that code of conduct doc that we provided. Um, there's other HR documents that we, that we provide in the packet. Um, in addition, depending on where they, you know, on the division or their, their pass, um, they can be handed other resource materials, which we've actually provided in these, uh, in the set of production to Mr. Toronto as well. 
So we okay. have like a standard like HR packet that new employees get where it kind of, you know, it tells them the different, you know, the, the different, uh, you know, um, you know, when they're onboarding and then when they actually go to their assigned unit, um, you know, they have other resources that they're provided to as well. Is this the same set of documents that you would provide, say, uh, management level, not rank and file employee? Um, well, everyone, everyone has access to the same resources. That's not my question. Okay. What, We're, um, I, I, what I'm trying to identify is, you know, it's kind of being very specific what he's asking for. Uh, so I'm just wondering if these are documents that the average employee, rank and file employee versus management employee versus director employee, are they all receiving the same uh, documents on oh. like the instruction manual of how yeah. this department operates? Yeah, yeah, it's all the, it's all the same. Like there's not a separate there's not a separate handbook for for example, like one 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 procedure, it's there's not, you know, it's it's not a different procedure based on rank and file, like what you're saying. No, it's okay. it's all the same. Okay. Now, next question. Um, is there a policy manual? Yeah, and I, I provided that. Okay. And is that the same manual you would provide to everyone that works in the department? That's that's correct. Okay. Um and uh, okay. Uh, next question is for Mr. Turan. Um, did I pronounce your name correctly? Please unmute. And I hope you, I pronounce your name, Mr. Now, now, I apologize. You did pronounce my name correctly. Can you hear me? I'm sorry. Yes, I can hear you now. So I'm, I'm just wondering based upon my question, what records did you receive and which ones do you still expect to receive? Yes. So, um, you know, as Derek has, has mentioned earlier, he's been very helpful in trying to chase these down um, after I had to unfortunately file um, a jurisdiction, jurisdiction request with SOFTA. But um, there's a, a portion and it was in our last correspondence maybe a day, a day before, um, day or two before us meeting today. But uh, on the governing documents, there's a lot of uh, kind of like they're equivalent to like in the planning department. They have ZA letters of determination. The uh, assessor typically writes either memos or letters of determination on uh, different kinds of interpretations of case law uh, when it comes to assessing and appraising properties. Um, I'm still waiting on those. Uh, and then I haven't gotten confirmation around code of conduct. So I have the employee handbook, which is helpful, um, but there's been a lot of back and forth around like, do you guys have does the assessor recorder have a code of conduct? Like a lot of the other departments have a code of conduct book for their employees. And that code of conduct um, is typically open to the public. You can like 
I, I actually provided the building department's code of conduct and I still haven't gotten a response like, no, we do not have a code of conduct or yes, we do have a co code of conduct. Okay, so you've received, no, you've received no response. It's uh, basically been unresponsive. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to have it come off like that. I think, I think Derek is. We're just talking about the facts. I thought you received it or you didn't. I, I believe that there's some misunderstanding that the employee handbook is the same as the code of conduct. And I'm just saying that because in the email I received from ASR on Monday, um, yesterday, uh, they said, yes, here's the code of con here's the code of conduct handbook. But then they gave me the employee handbook again. Okay, so all right, so here's the thing. Okay, if we can't compel the production of something if it doesn't exist, I understand uh, that your 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 supposition or thought that because other departments may have have one, in fact, that all departments have one. No, may not no, be that's not that. I, I'm I'm sorry to cut you off, um, committee member. Uh, I actually just said, do you guys, do you not have a code of conduct for your department? That, I've asked that question directly and, and no one's ever said no or yes. So I, I didn't make any presumption that because other departments in the county and city of San Francisco have code of conduct, that the ASR have, has a code of conduct handbook. I just asked the question, do you not have a code of conduct? And if the answer is no, then I, I can't ask them to produce that. I totally understand that. So then it's unresponsive. And it could be solved really quickly right now. We could just ask Derek. I, that's not my question. I, okay. I'm not, we're not, uh, we're not in the place where we're going to be making solutions. We're in the okay. place of us asking you questions to try sure. and ascertain some facts. Understood. Okay? Understood. I asked you if you received the code, I asked you whatever you received. You said you didn't receive the code of conduct. You asked them if they have a code of conduct, you didn't get a yes or no answer. So the response, it was unresponsive. I understand, my apologies. I have not received a code of conduct, but I'm not sure if it exists. Also within my request, um, my initial request, I asked about governing documents, interpretations of the code and the law, specifically as it pertains to the assessor, uh, handbook and uh, the tax revenue code, and I have received uh, nothing on that. Uh, okay, and so I'll take the, the question that I asked about code of conduct is their response was unresponsive. Um, the, as far as uh, governing documents are concerned, did they refer you to anyone? No. Okay, and uh, Mr. Anin? Yes. Uh, yes, sir. Do you do you have such documents called do governing documents that are part of kind of the description? Yes. And, Go ahead. And, and that was our response um, on three twenty two, where we we you know where we reported to Mr. Teron that we are withholding ninety four documents under the California Revenue Taxation Code four hundred eight A and Government Code seven nine two seven dot seven zero five. Um, and then on my hold response, on, hold on, hold on, okay, before you go on. And for what reason, based upon those statutes, are you withholding? 
Okay, so we're withholding because for assessor assessor records um, that are not required by law to be kept or prepared by the assessor, they're treated as confidential under that code. Um, in addition, both assessor and recorder tax records are considered um, official information and, co and uh, confidential under that evidence code 1040. So there's other, um, you know, in my last response on October, um, there was additional records that we withheld. Um, that kind of sums up the records that we're withholding um, from Mr. Tehran's production. I, I be honest with you, I haven't checked that section of the law. I wanted us to be very clear as to whether um, they are exempt from disclosure or whether the information on them is exempt from disclosure, which means the document would be disclosable, but they would have to be redacted. So I, I'm gonna I'm not asking you to answer that question right now. I think we'll take that up uh, later. Um, okay, I'll stop there to give others an opportunity to ask more questions. Uh, member Anderson, uh, Member Pilpel. Okay, so now is the time when we ask questions. So let me try to hold opinions until later. Okay, great. Okay, yes. But hold on. But on okay. questions, um, it, and let me just be clear. I I have we have talked with Mr. Onin on other cases. I actually looked for him in the office today, and he he wasn't in. We've talked offline about other matters not related to this case. So. You know, I know him a little bit. I don't know Mr. Tehran uh, at all. Um, I don't know why he's looking for this stuff. I don't care. I think his request was pretty clear on its face. And so my um, question first to Mr. Anin and the assessor recorder's office, if you, mo if you said you recently communicated and were asserting a privilege or um, not disclosing 94, uh, records and that was very recent. It seems it sounds like the original request was in November of 22. So we're like 15 months in, and you're still like doing some back and forth here on what seems on its face to be like just basic office policy and procedure stuff. Some of which is on the website, some of which is annual reports, some of which is buried in the budget and org charts and all that. Can you just tell me in somewhat simple language, why is this taking so long? It was a lot of records to kind of, it was a lot of records to pull and review, and it was kind of setting up sets of records to Mr. Tehran um, that he was requesting kind of in addition as we were providing rolling responses. So just like I was saying, kind of in that timeline, we produce, you know, one small set of records, but right. then he, you know, but then he would reply and say, oh, I'm actually, I'm interested in seeing this and this. So then the records that we are already working to produce, we kind of stopped and then we switch gears to then get those records and then make sure that it's part of our next production because those are records that Mr. Tehran is identifying that he wants to see like now. Okay. So, I, 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 we were just, yeah. I hear you, but I'm looking at the timeline that you provided and if the uh, first response was January 13th, 2023, then, you know, a chunk of stuff, March 10th, March 20th, 
and presumably thereafter, because this letter came, well, this letter to us is undated. Um, it, it it just seems like the the basic policy documents shouldn't have taken two months or four months and should not have uh, required a whole lot of uh, redaction review. I, I can get that other things might have, but again, can you help me understand what took so long on the high level policy yeah. documents, an employee handbook or a you know policy on how we do this or the telework or the this and that? That policy stuff shouldn't should be pretty readily accessible. What, yeah, what's what what am I missing here? Nothing, and we tr and we try to produce those up front, um, just kind of on that next. You know, we are trying um, to keep withholding um, at a minimum, so we are doing all that we can to keep withholding at a minimum. But for our office as tax administrators, we have to ensure that the work that we do is based on accurate and complete information. Um, because of that, we have a strong interest in tax compliance and enforcement. And just like I was saying with the revenue and taxation code, you know, because of our state constitutional duty for. Okay, okay. Taxes, I mean, I'm saying that our internal records, they're exempt from disclosure under these various state codes, like the revenue and taxation code and government code. So let me come back to that in a second, but on the high level policy documents. If anyone were to walk into your office tomorrow, send you an email, give you a call, whatever, and ask for these same high level policies and procedures, would you have to go through this same lengthy, detailed uh, exemption and, and redaction review and back and forth and whatnot? Or would you just say, hey, you know, we've already gone through this. There's nothing in this policy document or employee handbook or whatever. Uh, that's confidential or privileged. Um, here you go. Have at it. Have fun. Yes, actually, I can answer that. Mr. Tehran did request us to send everything in one, one file recently, and just pretending if that was a new request, we would now be able 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 to easily produce these records within a day because everything is already to ready. Anybody. Everything is already counted. Yep, to anybody. If we receive okay. this request tomorrow from another member of the public, we would produce the same records um, and um, with a day turnaround because all of these records are now cataloged. They're all, okay. all gone through and as they're so getting updated. So it just needed, it needed a, a thing. And in the future, if and when these documents are updated, can they be sort of pre-cleared that they're written yes. in a way that can be disclosed and isn't going to require some hum and a hum thing? Yes. And, yes. Might, and might you think about those documents, probably not everything, but some of these documents posting on your website, if it's, you know, helpful, if maybe more than one person asked for it, yada, yada. Not, yes. Again, not everything, but or, of course. Or, to make, or to make clear that you have policies in these areas and they are available on request, something like that. Yeah, I can take that feedback uh, back and see what we can do, what we can do better. But I know um, kind of in that response, if, like I said, this is the first request that we receive for any and all of our our um, policy docs. Um, but if we were to get one tomorrow, we can turn this around. It wouldn't be the same timeline as Mr. Tron's request. Okay, first time, I got it. Can you then, for my final area, can you... Tell us a little more about the Rev and Tax Code and what and or the official evidence, the 1040, all of that stuff, and why you think 
that some of these policy documents or guidance or interpretation is somehow exempt from disclosure? Because yeah. that's interesting. Let me, let me just put it that way. That's interesting. Okay, so for for RMT code 408A, it's basically any records that are in the assessor's office that are not required to be uh, not required by law or to be kept or prepared. Um, they are not public documents and shall not be open to public inspection. So, an example of something that we do provide that's public, it's like our is our, our data role that's public. But in terms of these internal assessor documents um, that are not required by law to be kept or prepared um, by the assessor, um, that's well, why well, they're okay. Let me. Let me stop you for one second. Can you reconcile that like uh, on the fly here with your department's record retention and classification policy and schedule, which if I recall correctly has um, under uh, what is it? Section 8.1 of the admin code uh, and is reviewed by the controller and the city attorney and the re retirement system and all of that. Um, certain classifications of records, um, including business records, including policy documents, et cetera. So to the extent that that creates a retention period, it is a document required to be uh, maintained by law and doesn't fall into this Revenue Tax Code abyss that, or whatever place that you're talking about. Yeah, you that, that, that? I couldn't, yeah, that one I couldn't answer on the fly at your request. Okay, so I guess what where what i'm trying to get at is if it's a a document that somehow would give the public some meaningful insight into how you how the work gets done in the office period that seems to me to be a public record subject to disclosure if it's on the other hand some how to avoid taxation of your real or personal property by hiding it in some way. And this is how our uh, um, uh, appraisers and assessors ferret out uh, fraud and try to, you know, improve our tax collection. I can see maybe not disclosing that or disclosing that in a more limited way. Maybe, maybe. But I, again, the, the general policy of you know, who comes to work and how you're supposed to deal with the public and how you do, you know, the assessment standard stuff and the how appraisers work and the, you know, here's how you check out a building or, you know, personal property or whatever, all the various, how the recorder functions out, whatever, all of that, how the office works. I, I don't see a whole lot of, I, I see that that's important stuff. And it seems to me like it's pretty much subject to disclosure and shouldn't have taken this long. I get that you were saying it's the first time out on some of this, but I'm having trouble seeing why it took that long even to go through that kind of a review. So, I think there's a question in there somewhere. I was gonna say, Member Pilpel, this yeah. all sounds really interesting. I think okay. we might be getting into some of the details of the case. I apologize. That, no, it's it's okay. It's interesting. It's interesting. Um, I think there also may be a discrepancy between what we view uh, what the sunshine ordinance views as public records and what the uh, assessor recorder's office views as public records. And I think it would make for a very interesting discussion. Okay. Maybe, maybe what I'm suggesting among other things yeah. is presuming this is going to get out of committee and we'll be at the full task force at some point is for the assessor's office to have a more robust response 
talking about these different records and why things took so long to provide and for those things that uh, you're asserting an exemption or, or partially redacted, um, some very specific examples of why and some case law that supports that. I think you're suggesting that the department policies need to line up with the Sunshine Ordinance and the California Public Records Act. I think I'm and, doing that. Right, yes, and and that if there are exemptions, it needs they need to be clear legal exemptions, not just sort of a department decision. And um, if they're you know if records are deemed public and they need to be redacted for very specific reasons, we need to know the very specific reasons, and they can't just be withheld in their entirety unless they fall under specific exemptions. Um, but member Anderson, member Wolf, uh, do you have any additional any any thoughts you'd like to share, or do you feel ready to uh, make a recommendation at this point? I, I have no further questions and am ready. Okay, member Anderson. I believe all the uh, issues I may have raised have been raised and addressed. So, no, I'm not. Okay. Members, how would we like to proceed? Do we do rebuttals or not here? Sure. You know what? I mean, I don't, uh, sure, we can do a rebuttal, even though this is, you know, a preliminary hearing, but perhaps that would be useful. So, we'll give uh, Mr. Anand, uh Three minutes uh, to speak if he has anything else to add, and then we'll give Mr. Turan uh, three minutes to speak if he has anything to add uh, before we make a motion, even though I don't know that we technically need to do this, but why not? <laughs> uh, Ms. Leger, are you ready with the timer? Okay. Uh, Mr. Anand, when Ms. Leger is ready, she'll let you know. Derek, are you ready? Uh, yeah, I'm ready. Go ahead. Okay, so um, I guess just in closing, I just want to say that we've, um, you know, in total, you know, we've produced all of the records responsive to Mr. Tehran's requests. Um, I know he was um, he was mentioning the, you know, the code of conduct. Like I said, uh, Mr. Tron, if you look at that document, there's actually a chapter there where it addresses conduct. So for this request, we reviewed a total of 229 records. 106 were produced with no redactions, 24 were redacted, and 99 were withheld at the end. Um, and yeah, we have no other documents to produce um, in response to Mr. Tehran's requests. So yeah, that's um, that's it. Okay, thank you. Uh, Mr. Tehran, uh, Ms. Jay will let you ready know when she's ready with the timer. Mr. Turan, are you ready? I am ready. Go ahead, sir. Uh, so thank you again for um, the assessor recorder working with me and the committee members hearing this. I think uh, the committee members have really focused in on one really key thing, which is these 99 documents that are being withheld. Um, that actually falls into the merits of the complaint uh, subsection I, little e. Um, the CPRA section 6254.5 is really clear on this. If the assessor recorder office gives any kind of document to the public, then it can't withhold it. So things like how the assessor recorder within CCSF deals with a fire damaged property, um, they have a set letter and code and uh, case law that they refer to and they send 
to a property owner when they're trying to reassess their property. These documents were made public to someone, they should be made public to me. Um, thank you for your time. Thank you both. Uh, members, uh, would someone like to make a motion? I'll move to find that the records are public and within our jurisdiction and to uh, recommend this for a hearing to the full task force. Do we have a second? Second. Okay, uh, members, I think we've had quite a bit of discussion unless anyone has any other comments. I'd like to open this up for public comment. Um, oh, member Pilpel. I'm just thinking about the scope of the motion. So this is just to find jurisdiction and um, full hearing at the task force. Do we do we have enough? Sounds like we do not have enough to make a recommendation for a finding and that there should be a, a full hearing. Because I'm I'm, uh, I'm I'm sort of feeling I'm feeling some things. It's a feeling that's well, speak up. I mean, it, it seems to me from what we've heard so far that it shouldn't have taken this long. 15 months seems like too much for this level of thing, even if there's been back and forth, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I haven't heard enough about the specific redactions, and so I'm, I'm not ready to go there. But at least in terms of timeliness, it does not seem so far to me like this was reasonably responded to in a timely way that's i you know i could be wrong and they there could be debate and discussion about that so um I, I don't know what others feel if if there's enough of a feeling that we should make a recommendation for at least a timeliness violation then we could um, add that and if not then we can just say without recommendation you know, no, I, I agree. And, and, uh, uh, for violation of keeping withholding and, to yeah. a minimum, because it, it's based on the, the descriptions of, from both parties of the documents that were withheld. I'm not convinced that all of those should have been withheld. In, in the broad way that it sounds. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Or considered not to be public records. Yeah. That also. Yeah. yeah. So would you make a friendly amendment then? Oh, I'm I'm open to in, including that. I mean, I uh, I'm a friendly guy. It yeah. was very no no. It was very clear. I mean, and there was some. It seemed like there was some admission, and there was some facts in the uh, documentation also leading to that. So, sure. So, uh, Member Wolf is amenable to uh, revising his motion. Mm -hmm. Yes. Can can you repeat to, what it is you want to say? To include a, a recommendation uh, that the task force uh, find uh, non-compliance on timeliness. And was there something else? Withholding uh, uh, and, and not keeping withholdings to a minimum. And that. Yeah. So it would be section sixty-seven point two five. Yeah. The, the well, other... can, can I just on that? I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, it's a, it's a closer call. 
I'm not prepared to, to right now to find a violation of uh, 67.25 on an immediate disclosure request because it was such a, a broad so thing. Broad. Yeah. yeah, you can make an argument that it could have yeah. been the next day on, on the policy stuff, whatever. I, because it was so broad, I, I, I think uh, 67.21 on timeliness generally and 67.26 on withholding seems about right so far. And if that's our recommendation of the full task force, We'll flesh it out there, and it could be. And there could be other. Oh, wait, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute. It, yes. This was this was this was an immediate disclosure request based on sixty-seven twenty-five, not sixty-seven twenty-one. Right, but they treated it as a sixty-seven point twenty-one regular request because of the scope. Because they can't. They, were at... they can't. You, you and I may disagree on that, but... but that's not what the that's not what the code says. I, so and I I won't I I won't agree to timeliness based upon sixty seven twenty one. I'll base on sixty seven twenty that it was excessive on sixty seven twenty five, but not on sixty seven twenty one. We this task force has been through this conversion by departments or individuals of converting sixty seven immediate disclosure requests to something else. Uh, to like a regular request for uh, various reasons that were not correct that okay. this task force has held upheld. So, so I, I, I would not agree to have that as part of the motion. I understood. So to member Wolf, and we don't have to have a, a lengthy colloquy or debate about this, but I would just go back to the petitioner's original request for policy and operational records, policy records, organizational documents, governing documents, reporting documents, operational documents, examples, including blah, 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 with a long list of examples. I, and, and again, you and I may disagree on this. I just don't think that because you properly label something an IDR means that if you ask for a bazillion things and label it an IDR, that it's got to be responded to the next day with responsive records. I think <laughs> if it's a huge request, then it can be treated as a regular request. They did provide rolling uh, responses and, and production. It's not like the department did nothing. I, we didn't hear that. I didn't hear that. Um, so it's whether it was a, a reasonably timely response to a, a request. If you want to get hung up on it, on the IDR portion, that's fine. I'm not, you know, again, but I, I just don't see that this is like some, you know, huge uh, bridge too far in IDR land. I think it is more of an issue in terms of general timeliness. That's just how I'm seeing it. Madam Chair. Yes. So, I, I mean, the IDR has very specific set of uh, schedule uh, for the uh, production of records. 6721 has its own. They are two different animals. Uh, the uh, 6725 does not require production um, of documents that are not readily available by the, the, the end of the next business day, not even 24 hours. That's why it provides the option to invoke a 10-day extension and even beyond that, to provide it, uh, any additional documents that are not available uh, on a rolling basis, that is not contained in 6721. I mean, this is the purpose 
6725 is for purposes, let's say for a, a court proceeding where they need the documents faster than a 6721 might be able to provide. So I, you know, I'm not in agreement with, the, uh, we can agree, we are in disagreement with how that this is interpreted. I would prefer the task force take this issue up and it not then be part of our recommendation. So I'm going to say, I think you both bring up interesting points. I agree that we should decide at the task force and perhaps we can, uh, member Wolf, if you could state it, uh, with as much specificity as you're comfortable with while leaving the decision up to the task force on that front. But I think we can still be specific about, uh, um, failure to keep withholding to a minimum. So if you could restate your motion in such a way where we can get agreement on this and then have understanding within the committee. And there are other points that are raised here. That I, th I think there's enough to send this to the full task force. There are other points that I think we will get to once we are able to have a full hearing and ask more questions. But I don't know that we should have a full hearing here, but there seems to be enough evidence to show that we should be sending this to the full task force. Member I, Anderson? Oh. I would agree that, um, yes, this is something that should come before the full task force. And therefore, any motion we can make that moves it in that direction is the motion we ought to make. And Member Wolf, I'm sure you can compose a motion that will do exactly that. To, to Member Wolf, might I suggest that maybe we recommend a timeliness violation of either or both 67.21 or 67.25 and a, a withholding not kept to a minimum violation of 67.26 that that's our recommendation from the committee and you know we'll sort of flesh that out at the full task force so we're, you know we're we're making known that we see a timeliness issue and a withholding issue at least tonight can you I, live with I, that i i would just prefer um only because the complaint specifies section 6725 it does not specify 6721. And for making that recommendation here today would mean that we are making uh, some form of, of determination. And um, I'm not comfortable with that. Um, I think that needs to be debated. Um, I think if there, we can say that there's, we we are well, observing- Well, either or both. We, I don't, I don't think it's worthwhile mentioning the specific code section at this point because we have some disagreement if we say that there's we find that there is a timeliness issue in general then the rest of the task force can determine at that point based on debate which section it applies to or not it the fact that that an idr was created and for us to reduce that to a, a standard 6721 is a, it's a tall order that this task force has resisted doing for many, many years. So I'm, I'm a little concerned by uh, the task force taking uh, that position. So I'm not, I'm not comfortable mentioning that as a recommendation. In fact, this committee does not have to provide any recommendation. That's correct. At all. And in oh, fact, uh, Madam Chair, you could state just in your briefing 
before the case, uh, the complaint comes up before the full task force, that we've had, we have, con we have concerns about um, non-compliance for timeliness, but there's were some debate as to which section it might apply to. I and would be way, happy to it's say not that. a recommendation. Yes. I yeah, I think that works. I think you both raise great points. Member Wolf, if you would like to restate your motion in a form that you feel comfortable with, and we'll see if our uh, uh, if Member Anderson would like to continue to second, and then we could proceed from there. Okay, I I would just simply like it for it to be that the um, uh, the committee here finds uh, that the. Uh, records are public and that the matters within the jurisdiction of the uh, sunshine ordinance and that it be uh, referred to the full task force uh, for a hearing that's fine okay uh, and, then, and then i have a recommendation i have i have a, a something else i want to add to that brief okay but i'll, I'll wait till we vote on this and oh you I mean not to the motion it's it no, it's not needed to be in okay. It unless you want it to be in part of the motion so that it be part of the part of the brief. I, my 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 only thing would be is that the uh, task force review the sections that the respondent is is um, citing uh, is uh, uh, citing as reason for uh, either exemption or redaction. Uh, because those are sections we're not necessarily familiar with, and that might require some legal counsel review. And I am going to recommend that you do include that in your motion, okay. because that way it gives members a heads up ahead of the meeting, because I won't offer my comments until we're at the meeting. Okay, then, then let's do that. Then... Okay, so uh, I stopped at uh, recommend uh, referred the matter to the full task force for hearing, and that um, uh, task force members be what's the word? What would be advised? You could say that task force members and recommend that task force members review the uh, CPRA and Sunshine Ordinance uh, sections. It's the revenue and tax code. Excuse me, the revenue and tax code sections. Could, could I also suggest that it's not really the task force members, it's really requesting the parties to address why they think whatever code sections apply or don't apply, and then we'll see okay. that. So it's, it's kind of- uh, That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's a good way. Brief, but, brief that, and then we'll see that. There we go. Okay. Okay. But okay. I, I just okay. wanted to uh, make task force members aware that they should at least be aware of yeah. that. So we're not going down some big rabbit hole during the the task force hearing. Okay, Member Wolf, if you could restate that one more time for Ms. Leger, just to make sure that she has the text that she needs. Okay, so that uh, we uh, recommend that task force members review or uh, uh, be aware of, review and be or be aware of and I'm looking for this. Uh, these, I want to. I want to. I just want to see what the code sections are because they were very specific 
on the on their the code sections and those are the ones that would be uh, i didn't see that in the briefing so far so it's whatever they're in the respondents i thought i didn't member wolf i didn't see i heard it tonight but i didn't see it any any of the packet material so it's i understand it to be evidence california evidence code and california revenue and taxation code uh, sections that a respondent may be um, attempting to rely on. Something okay. Like that. Then, then, okay. Then I, I can't include it because if they don't have it in their response, they may provide it more information before the hearing comes. Then, so? so I, I won't, I won't include that. The, uh, the Sunshine Ordinance, the Administrative Code, and the CPRA, that's, we've, task force is already aware of that and uh, can, can review that. That's not a problem. Okay, I, then I won't, I won't include in any of that. Uh, okay. Until, there's, unfortunately, uh, yeah. I think All right, so let me just make sure I understand this motion. Uh, you moved that the committee finds that the records are public, there is jurisdiction, and that the matter be referred to the task force for full hearing and request that task force members review the revenue and tax. Board. No, we're no, just it's not it. after full hearing period. Period. Oh, okay. That's easy. Yeah. yeah. It's just a simple, you know, jurisdiction. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. I think the parties heard it. The they parties get. heard it. <laughs> All right. So now we're time for public comment, right? Uh, and uh, member Anderson, do we have your second on that? Second. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you everyone for participating in this discussion. Uh, uh, Ms. Peterson, do we have any members of the public wishing to make public comment on this motion? If there's a member of the public who'd like to make uh, public comment on this item, please approach the podium. If we have someone in the online community and you'd like to speak on this item, please raise your hand by pressing star three, or if you're using the app, raise your hand in the app. I'll give you a moment. We have no one in the room or on the online community who wishes to speak. Okay, thank you, Ms. Peterson. Ms. Leger, please call the vote. Member Wolf? Aye. Aye. Member Wolf, aye. Member Anderson? Aye. Member Anderson, aye. Member Pilpel? Aye. Member Pilpel, aye. Chair LaHood? Aye. Chair LaHood, aye. All in favor? Okay, thank you, everyone. We appreciate your participation. Uh, Ms. Leger will follow up with you and let you know when this will be sent to the full task force. Ms. Leger, is there anything else to add on that? Nope. No, pretty, <laughs> okay. Pretty uh, senior uh, Madam Chair. Yes. So um, I'm just based upon, you know, there might be a difference of opinion on um, how a complaint might that comes as one thing might turn out to be another thing on the yes. face of it. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm wondering, I'm, I don't recall if the task force has had an independent, just general uh, discussion and uh, determination on that. Um, but I'm concerned that if it comes up during this hearing or any hearing that it makes it makes for a very long evening without getting to the elements or the matter itself, because we're having a uh, a discussion or a debate around a 
you know, kind of a, uh, a, a scoping, a, a scope of, of how we interpret or understand the operation of the ordinance. Do you follow me? Yeah, I do. But I, I would say that, I mean, based on what I think we've all seen at full task force hearings, sometimes the recommendations come either from our committee or other committees with very specific recommendations because it's very clear. And sometimes they come with no recommendation and the complaint committee, which hears many more uh, initial cases than we do often they come forward and they say, you know, there's jurisdiction. The records are public. We don't have a specific recommendation. That's not that's, my, that's not oh, my your question is about the fact that we don't agree on how the, the ordinance should be applied in this situation. I don't think we're going to decide that at this committee. It's clear that you and Mr. Pilpel have differing views on this. I don't know that we're going to make any more headway on this today. I think you're both aware of where you stand and can present those arguments in front of the full task force. I, I don't know that there's anything more to be said on this today. If I may, if I may finish my, yes. my point, I was going to recommend that you as the chair contact the chair of the task force and, and uh, give him a heads up that there may be some difference of opinion because it doesn't affect necessarily this case it may affect all cases because if there is um i'm anticipating from hearing this that there um might be some um determination by the, ta the that the task force needs to take uh so that um it doesn't uh wrongly classify or, uh, 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 you know, a certain a complaint uh, in a certain way. I would be happy so. to give him a heads up. I don't know that that is going to change the nature of the discussion. No, I, I'd be happy I'm not saying that. I'm just con I'm, usually the chair likes to know when when those kinds of issues come up because if it means that it's going to uh, affect an upcoming hearing or not. Um, that might want to have a discussion about it before. Yeah, I, I, you know what I can do? I, maybe the easiest thing would be that he, I recommend that he listen to the audio from this case, which I okay. think is quite extensive. And I think we should move on. Okay. Member Pilpel, if you could say it just, quickly, because we need yeah, to move on. Yes, just very briefly. I am not interested in setting some global standard or some precedent on this. I'm actually, frankly, more interested when we get to the hearing or in briefing between now and then. Um, I'm interested in hearing from Mr. Turon on what's the most important thing to him. Maybe he sure. thinks that this is an IDR and they screwed it up and it, it's a timeliness issue on the IDR. Maybe he thinks that it's the withholding not kept to a minimum. I'd like to hear more from him on what's important to him. That's and really we'll hear that later. You're going to hear that later. We're not going to right. discuss that. So now. that's what I'm saying. Okay. I would like to say okay. uh, thank you to Mr. Turan and Mr. Anand. We will be hearing from uh, Ms. Leger at some point in the future about when this will be scheduled. Um, and I think that's it for now. Thanks, everyone. Um, I'm sorry. Did uh, Are we looking for an April date? That's two months. Um, that's uh, up to you and Chair Yankee. I don't. I I have no control over how things are scheduled. That's fine. Um, but if you're throwing that out there as a possibility, I think it's helpful to the parties if that feels like it's within range. But I know that you need to discuss that with Chair Yankee. I do. All right. Thank okay. you. Thank you, everyone.
please shall we next... take like a five minute bathroom break would you like to take a break let's take a five minute break uh it is 7 38 why don't we make it a full seven minutes let's come back at 7 45. Um, if you could please turn off the microphones yes, uh, and anyone who's online will be back in in
turning on the microphones now. Our microphones are back up. Okay. You guys are set. He's set. She's set. So, Ms. Lachey, if you could um, say the time when we're back and let's call roll since we did take a break. All right. Uh, I have everyone returning at 748. I think that is when we returned. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, roll call taken. Uh, Member Pilpel? Present. Member Pilpel present. Chair LaHood? Present. Chair LaHood present. Member Anderson? Here. Member Anderson present. Uh, Member Wolf? Present. Member Wolf present. We have a quorum. Okay. Please call the next item. Item number 10, file number 22027. Hearing on the status of the order of determination complaint, complaint filed by John Templeton against the planning department for allegedly violating administrative code section 67.7, 67.21, and 67.29-7 by failing to post an agenda containing a meaningful, meaningful description of each item of business to be transacted or discussed at the meeting, failing to respond to a request for public records in a timely and or complete manner and failing to maintain and preserve all documents in a professional manner. On July 6, 2022, the Sunshine Task Force moved to find that the Planning Department and Planning Department Head Rich Hillis are in violation of Administrative Code Sunshine Ordinance Section 6721B, as in boy, for failing to provide records in a timely manner, 67.29-7, for the department had failing to maintain records in a professional and businesslike manner, including all documents, agendas, and correspondence from 2006 to 2009, and orders the department to supply the responsive records within five business days to the complainant. Okay, thank you, Ms. Lachey. Um, I see that uh, we have uh, um, uh, Mr. Templeton here in the room. And then can you tell us who is here for the planning department? We have no one here from the planning department. What do you mean we have no one here from the planning department? We have no one. They knew about it. They knew about it and they are intentionally not here. Ah. No, they were, I mean, they were specific. Um, Jonas Iona was specifically uh, noticed. Mm -hmm. And so was Laura Lynch of the planning department. And did you hear? And we're chillers. Okay. Yeah. And did you hear anything back from any of them? No. Well, that is quite disappointing. Well, Mr. Templeton, would you like to proceed? Well, sure. Okay. Um, we have something in the packet that shows us that they got noticed. Is that here? Uh, I saw it. Okay. okay. I'm sure it's I, in there, but I don't right. know exactly where it is. All right. I, I'm not disagreeing. Okay. Uh, Mr. Templeton, would you like to proceed? Sure. Um, Before you get started, here's what we're going to do. It has been a while since this order. I would like to do both both at once. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. we're we're gonna take one item at a time, just because we we have to handle them that way. Okay. We're gonna start with file number two two zero two seven, which mm -hmm. is the one the item that we're on. Um, since it has been a while, I'd like to give you five minutes. Or actually, I'm not. I I don't usually. Uh, I'm gonna give you a couple of minutes. We're not gonna set a timer. If you could give us an update on what you have received and have not received based on what our order of determination was, we would like that update and then the members will probably have some questions for you. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. I received nothing after April 26. Okay. Uh, when you say after April 26, our hearing was July 6, 2022. So yes. after the order of determination, nothing. you received nothing. Yes. Okay, that is disappointing. 
did you have you had any uh, communication or any response from the planning department? Well, the um, um, the information that I submitted uh, both uh, uh, before the fifteenth and also today was that um, um, because of the defiance that the planning department. Uh, sent to the chairman Yankee immediately after the order of termination. Uh, my next step was to file a civil rights complaint with California Department of Civil Rights. And so in the course of that proceeding was the first time that we actually got something in writing from them. And so, um, so that statement uh, included so many falsehoods that uh, I feel that it rises to the level of making a criminal uh, referral. And, and so the, um, um, so the presentation that I submitted today shows the two previous instances when Ionan uh, re refused to come. So in July, uh, the, the day of the, uh, the the vote, he said he wasn't going to come, and he had to be told that it was required for him to come. And then on this previous hearing on December 19th, he specifically stated, I will not be attending. So this is the third time that the representative of the planning department has refused to even participate in the hearing. So, um, so, 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 my first point is the, the dilatory and defiant non-response because uh, they haven't been shy about saying that they, they don't plan to participate. They don't plan to uh, provide the information. But then, um, in the response that uh, they sent to the uh, Department of Civil Rights on January 9th of uh, 2023. Uh, once again, there was a 30-day um, requirement for them to respond to the complaint I filed in October. They asked for a continuance. So it was actually 90 days before they even responded to the state. And so because of the way that the civil rights department works is essentially a mediation agency. So when you file a complaint, you don't get to see the response. Right? So I actually had to withdraw from the complaint and then file a public records request to see what they had said. So it's six months before I actually see that they essentially um, uh, misstated every you know, misstated every fact. So, for instance, if you if you have the today's testimony, they cite the Sunshine Ordinance, you know, chapter and verse. And never mentioned that they were unanimously found in violation of it. So the complaint that I filed with the 
Civil Rights Department. I copied the order of determination, emailed it to the state, and clicked the box that I'm a protected class. I didn't add anything to that except to say, okay, this is what 10 uninterested people who didn't know me, who had no stake in it, this is what they found. So the response from the planning department then comes back and says, this has no merit. So the city is saying that the city has no merit. And, and the other issue is that as I submitted the video of our um, talking to the city attorney at Third Baptist Church in January of, I guess it was 2022, um, we told him that the Historic Preservation Commission had reneged on its pledge to hold a hearing on our African-American uh, multiple properties nomination, right? And asked for his help. So we got it on video and I submitted the video uh, to you. Then we followed up with a letter to him and the mayor. Now the city attorney and the mayor were the co-sponsors of the African-American Freedom Trail. So they knew the whole history of this. So it was two months after that that we actually filed the Sunshine Ordinance request. So in November of 2021, we met with Dan Matsuda, uh, Rich Hillis, Rich Sucre, and they had promised that if we showed them the multiple properties nomination that we had done back in 2009, that they would hold a hearing on it in January. Of 2022. Yeah. You know, we showed them the document. Um, they reneged. And then they come back and say, well, we want you to do outreach on the document we did. It's like, no, I got an award from the NAACP for blocking that document. <laughs> so, so in the response to the Civil Rights Department, they say, well, we never heard of this guy before 2021, and we were nice enough to offer him a contract uh, to support our statement. <laughs> so, 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 so it's just uh, uh, a complete fabrication that they sent. And if I was them, I would not show up in a public hearing. And, and that's one of the things that's been notable. For the 16 years we've been going through this, Hillis has avoided showing up in any setting where he'd be on record and potentially have to, you know, be under oath. That's gonna change some, but uh, but that's essentially where we are right now. So, um, you know, um, 
So not only is the department out of compliance, but the city attorney seems to be helping them. Okay. Um, Mr. Templeton, thank you. Members, what questions do you have? I have a question for our staff. Uh, uh, Member Popel, go ahead. Okay. So, um, I'm sorry, it's it's all coming back to me in a in a way. When we have uh, cases like this um, that are compliance from a, a task force order, do we have a standard request that we send to uh, both the the petitioner and the respondent, or or is it just a notice of hearing? Um. We send a notice of hearing. Um, well, you know the process. We have our complaints that go through right. uh, but, committee. But specifically at this point in the, let me. Are re you asking whether they knew how important it was for them to show up? You're, you're, yeah, um, yes. It was put that. in. It was put in bold letters on the second notice. Yeah. So, so on the the December hearing was just a standard thing. In the hearing for today, I noticed that it was specifically stated that the department had to send a representative. I'm not. That's what we. I'm not disputing that. I, yeah. I guess what I'm getting at is, rather than this whole pile for this item, some of which was fantastic and interesting history, I would really hope that when we have these compliance hearings that we send a specific notice both to the petitioner and the uh, respondent that say here's the order right we would this committee would like to hear from each of you as to what has happened since the order in particular on complying with the order well it says on um when we send out these notices the initial notice of a hearing as it says in the first sentence, hearing on the status of the order of determination. Okay. That's I, the the bolder we can make and maybe we should just attach the previous order so they can't say, Well, I don't know which case and I don't know where the order is and it because I really wanted it, to it well, on, well, 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 my my contention is that all the evidence, including and I asked uh, Ms. Legere to go back to the two thousand seven, because cause this is the same case that started in 2007. Right. Yeah, and I, I can't and, remember and, if I and was- And they didn't comply with that order well, either. Hold on, I'm gonna jump in. Member Pilpel, okay. you asked a very specific question. Yeah. I am looking at my email. So this is the notice of appearance okay. that was sent to- uh, uh, Ionan, Jonas. Yes, Jonas Ionan, okay. Rich Hillis. And it mentions both file number 22027 and 22028. Okay. Both of the cases with Mr. Templeton. And this is, and it says that it's for the compliance and amendments committee. Okay. You know, without going into your, okay, you're receiving this. Uh... Maybe I just didn't see that email in the packet. I, I'm sure it went out. Mm -hmm. I'm not questioning that. I, what I'm getting at is a, it was really important for them to be here, and apparently they're not. And B, that the two violations that the task force found on the 027 case were 67.21B for failing to provide records, but 
in some ways, more importantly, 67.29-7 for failing to maintain records in a business-like uh, manner. And so having a response from them that, you know, we got it, here's what we've done to change our business processes, we heard you, blah, 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 or we're just doing whatever we're doing. I wanted to see some response to that. Well, the response that Ionan gave was, um, where did he say it? I consider this over. I don't and, if, and if there was an email to that end, that's what I was also looking for. The yeah, word yeah he did. He did respond. Again. Okay. Well, I didn't. Again, okay. he specifically in, responded and said, you know, and and he he copied it me like I think this is you know is over like it was supposed to intimidate me. Okay. To be clear, Member Pilpel, yeah, what we include in the packet from the respondents is what the respondents submit. Now, uh. Mr. Templeton is a petitioner. I suppose he could have supplied that email response as well, but I don't know if he thought he needed to do that. Um, and Ms. Leger, it sounds like you did not you did not receive a response, and you didn't receive anything to be added for the packet from the I respondents. I didn't hear a response to the notice of hearing for sure. Okay. I did not hear whether they were or were not attending, planning to attend this hearing. Okay, Mr. Templeton. But but in in my testimony I submitted today, I do include. That the notice. Okay. <laughs> oh, the notice for, for, okay. for both for both December and January. I mean February. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. Was that in today's supplemental thing that yes. we haven't been yes. handed out? Yes, that's the first do thing we, in there. Do we want to take that and then decide whether or not we're going to look at it? Yeah, the respondent isn't here. Uh, Remember. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I don't. Sorry. I do not think we should be considering at this hearing documents we don't have. I think. We're hearing enough to send this back to the full task force, um, but I do want to open it. And, and sorry, well, that was I didn't my, mean that was my up. next question yes. was to ask what our potential recourse is given where we're at now. Look, I, I would just say I'm happy to get whatever documents there are now, even if we're not reading it right this second, just so that you know I can go home and and well, you can have them after the meeting. Okay, but we fine. can't discuss them at this meeting. That's fine. I okay. don't I don't know that it's going to change my mind one way or the other, but it may be more helpful information. Yes, and so and, it'll, and it'll get us home earlier. All right, it's right, right here if you want to pick and, it up. And I would ask Ms. Leger, you know, depending on what we do with this, that you add those documents that Mr. Templeton said to the file so that we yeah, have them at the next hearing. Yeah, to me this morning, like I okay. said. So, so we'll include them in the record. Okay, but before we get too far ahead of ourselves, members, do you have other questions for Mr. Templeton or other things that you would like to say about this case as we proceed? Member Anderson. Yeah, I'm, I'd like to say I'm rather disappointed in the planning department. Do they think that we are sitting here because we have nothing else to do? Yeah. Or that Mr. Templeton has nothing else to do? Yes. That they should just ignore she should be on what we're doing? So, um, if there's a motion that needs to be made, I would say my motion would be that we send it back to the full task force to take whatever measures we can take to um, try to get compliance. Okay, I'm gonna ask a question to Mr. Templeton. Yes. So, um, if our last communication with you was two years ago, 2022, well, no, one year ago, 20, our communication. A while back. It was a while back, yeah. How come I didn't hear from you that you hadn't received the records? Well, because I filed a complaint with the Civil Rights Department. Civil Rights. He, okay. he, he followed other channels. Yes. Yeah, other channels. He followed, okay. Okay. Because, I mean, at that point, when 
when they sent a, sent the letter to Yankee and said, we don't care what you said, you know, we're not going to do it. Right? And it's like the day after it happened. Mm -hmm. So it was exactly clear that right. the, you know, y'all don't have police force or anything like that. So, so there's nothing y'all could do to actually get the data, you know, beyond the fact that most people voluntarily comply, like the, you know, the police, mm -hmm. you know, the, sat there for for a whole hour you know and was polite and all that sort of thing so that's what you would expect uh from people but at every stage of the proceeding and that's what i point out in my testimony they were late uh when they first submitted the april 26th they submitted that like the day before the hearing right uh, the next hearing, they didn't show, you know, they weren't going to show up. Then they got threatened, and so he showed up but didn't respond to anything. And then these hearings, you know, they, you know, just explicitly said we're not going to participate. So, um, so that's why um, I'd like a determination that they haven't complied. Uh, but I'd like the full committee to, um, I think the ordinance has the um, uh, ability to make a, a criminal referral to district attorney or U.S. attorney because um, there are about 10 instances in the statement that they gave to the state that directly contradict information that's in the record of this hearing. Okay. And 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 so so when you combine the 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 contempt for the process with the one instance where they actually had to put something in writing, um, then you know thing you can come up with is this deliberate, and the reason it's deliberate is because you know we got a. We did an application November 2006 to the Historic Preservation Fund Committee um, to do a context statement on African Americans in San Francisco. This is 18 years later. I was I was 51 <laughs> when I did that application. I'm 69 now. And and the consequence, I mean, the board of supervisors just, you know, earlier today apologized for for decades of racism. And when I was talking with Dr. with Reverend Townsend, you know, we were both saying, forget slavery, just focus on the last twenty years here. <laughs> you know, so um, the 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 record shows the. Guess lynching by red tape that they did. And so there's a pattern that started in 2006 of them moving meetings when we showed up. You know, and that's what they were finding was in 2007. And when Sunshine Ordinance uh, Task Force made a determination then, then they finally went ahead and issued the grant. But then it took another year to do the grant agreement. 
So we spent two years just to get to the grant agreement. And then once we got the grant agreement, they wouldn't pay us. So we do the work anyway. We submitted to the public on October 2nd, 2009, and they never hold a hearing. So that's where we were in 2021 when they call me back and say, um, we'd like you to speak to the planning department uh, about equity. <laughs> and I called Fred Jordan, I said, it's like Confederate Congress asking Frederick Douglass to give the uh, State of the Union address, right? So I knew something was up. And so it turns out that Hillis had signed on to this letter of 20 big city planning directors right after George Floyd about, you know, uh, how planning departments were going to, you know, had contributed to, you know, disparities and all this sort of thing and how they're going to do better, right? So, of course, um, you know, he's thinking, well, maybe, maybe Templeton might see this, right? <laughs> so, they invite me to come and speak, right? And I say, well, you know, my speaker's fee is $5,000. And they say, well, we don't, we don't have a budget for speakers. I said, come on now. I said, you just moved into a 40-story skyscraper. Don't, don't insult me, right? So I said, look, you know, I don't want to go through the city procurement process any more than you do, but this is what we've done with other city departments. We have we our process for for teaching California black history always involves tours because the history is so different from what people normally expect that they have to see it. I mean, you can't just you know sit in a 20 minute lecture and explain that California's name for a black woman, right? <laughs> you gotta go up to Mark Hopkins Hotel and see the mural, right? So we said, okay, six weeks before the presentation, have your people take our tour. Not a single one takes a tour. So then we do the presentation and I have the Dean of Business of USF and CEO of a leading environmental justice firm and a national park ranger on it. So, when we're talking about meaningful engagement, they disrupt the speaker. This is this is a Cambridge graduate, right? Uh, and just generally disrespectful to the whole thing. So, you know, at the next Historic Preservation Commission meeting, I say, look, yeah, you know, I go and said, look, this is this is outrageous. I said, you know, uh, you didn't take a tour, you didn't even listen to what we had to say. And uh, I insist on being paid, you know, for the presentation. So, and then I send the chairman the order of determination from 2007 and all of the emails that I had. So the emails that are at the end of my testimony uh, is what I sent her. I said, look, this is a, this is a history with this guy, right? So she doesn't investigate it or anything, but, uh, you know, I come back on the 20th and we 
say we've got five black organizations that were founded in 1852. None of them are landmarked. So we want to have a hearing to, to do landmarking for those five institutions. And uh, I had researched uh, Maya Angelou and we were making a recommendation for Maya Angelou National Historic District. So I'm picking like the, the softest of softballs for somebody to get behind. It's like, you know, 1852 churches. This is the only, only three cities in the country have three black churches at all. You know, New York, Philadelphia, and San Francisco, right? So on the 20th, I come in and send the testimony in advance like I did today. And there were four people who called in. It was still COVID restrictions. So myself, Al Williams, and Dr. Amos Brown testify all the time. So none of the three of us get recognized on the phone, but one white person does. So the chances of there being a, a, a slip up where it only affects the three black people, but doesn't affect the one white person are just incredible. So I'm emailing in real time saying, I'm trying to get on, right? And so, so then we have a meeting on November 2nd and they try to do a bait and switch. And they say, well, we want to proceed with our African-American context statement. And I said, well, you know, so that's the one we blocked back in 2016. But we did the scientific statement in 2009. You know, you should, you know, have a hearing on that. And Matsuda says, well, show it to me, which was uh, not in good faith because she had been on the commission in 2016 when we had testified to the same thing, which is why it got blocked before, because the community said, we already did this. You know, why are y'all trying to repeat what's already been done? So I didn't know that at the time, but we said, okay. So we set up another meeting for March, for November 29th. Uh, and before then, they were supposed to buy the book that we had done, um, and they didn't do that. So I talked to my IP lawyer, and he said, well, set it up on your website with a password and just let them look at it, right? I said, okay. So I sent it to him like a day or so before the meeting. And she gets on and says, well, you know what? This is better than ours. It has more... Uh, more people and more references. So, you know, 75 pages and had 350 references, right? The most extensive context statement in San Francisco history, right? And she said, well, why don't you combine it with us? Well, why don't we do that? So, so we left the conversation was, I will find, we said, you can't do anything until you pay the grant agreement. She's, she said, I will get the grant agreement and get back to you. And she and Sucre said, okay, John Law at M-E-O-M-O-E-W-D. O-E-W-D. Yeah. 
has would be the person we go to, right? So they knew exactly where to go to to get it, right? So November 29th, 2021, and they haven't they haven't looked for it yet. So, Mr. Templeton, thank you for sharing this level of detail with us. I would love for to just give the other uh, committee members a chance to ask any final questions. I think we're probably in agreement that uh, this needs to go back to the full task force, but I just want to make sure um, that everyone has had a chance to ask any questions that they would need to ask so that we can formulate our message back to the full task force. I have no problem sending oh, it back. Oh, Member Wolf sorry. first. Member Wolf, because we can't see you, and I'm I, I don't know how long. Uh, please go ahead. Okay, uh, Mr. Templeton, um, I have a question with regards to. Now you don't have to answer this if it is giving up any kind of strategy for you, but is this going to go the judicial route? Oh, absolutely. Okay, and I'm just wondering if. It's well, yeah, as, as, as through the um, the civil rights departments gave us a three year right to sue. Well, but I'm that's not necessarily a judicial route. Um, yeah. So I'm think I'm more asking about are there plans to uh, escalate this to, to court? We, we don't have any choice because. Um, like I said, the, 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 the city, if the city attorney won't make them do it, then. Okay. I, the reason why, the reason why I ask, because people come to us first uh, to, you know, hopefully avoid going to court. Mm -hmm. So, but the sunshine ordinance allows anyone to take up the matters in court. And our experiences is more times over any a court asks. It, you know, if there was a local process, and if so, did you exercise it? And if it was exercised, then, you know, there was a finding um, that generally uh, kind of, you know, could, uh, for all intents and purposes, end our participation, uh, because there's nothing more that we can do uh, if there's, if the uh, responding party is not willing to you know, to comply with our order of determination. We have very little authority. We can compel them to do it, but then if they don't comply, you know, we have very little authority except to refer it somewhere else. And maybe, as you mentioned, maybe, you know, bring it to um, a district attorney. We, we haven't had much luck there um, because they want some, they want us to cite some, something criminal in a criminal code and there really isn't anything. Um, we may think that it's criminal. It could be what have you, but um, they don't. And we've tried over many years uh, talking to different DAs. So unless there's some something you can offer the task force uh, that might uh, be helpful in that matter, uh, you know, when the hearing, I think we're moving towards move uh, sending this back to the task force, that would be uh, good to know. Uh, well, it's a, we, it's certainly, we, we, we would we would enforce the order. 
Yeah, I understand if, that. But if, if, if the city isn't going to do it, then that would be our action. I I understand, but the the question then becomes: Is it a civil matter or a criminal matter? Well, and that's that's the rub. Well, that's two different things. Uh, we think, you know, both might apply, but you know, just for the sake of uh, discussion, civil would come first, just because that's the low hanging fruit. So, uh, you told them to do it and they didn't do it. Uh, Member Philpel, you have a question? Yeah, so three things. I thought I heard uh, Mr. Templeton suggest that they may pursue uh, litigation, but that might flow from the civil rights complaint and might uh, subsume and include the uh, Sunshine or, or public records The uh, civil violation. rights complaint was... Yeah, that they had they hadn't complied with. They hadn't complied, and so you may pursue that. Okay, which you're free to do. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. So that was number one. Um, number two, I'm still interested in hearing from planning. Not the uh, we don't care what you think, but the here's what we're doing as a re response to your order. And I haven't heard that. Maybe we'll hear that if we escalate this back to the task force. Maybe we won't. Um, but I, I just want to also emphasize, presuming that this does go back to the full task force, I really, really, with due, due respect, I don't need to see all of this material again. I'm really interested in sort of having a dividing line that post um, a task force order, I'm interested in the order. I'm interested in anything like the week before the order, if they sent something late, like you suggested, um, but anything since the order, I'm very interested in, in seeing at the full task force, if there is anything, whether it's good, bad, or we're blowing you off, whatever, but I'm not particularly interested in the underlying stuff because we already heard that that's been litigated. And I also find it a, a little bit ironic that the 2007 case when both member Wolf and I were on the task force, we both uh, voted uh, on the other side for whatever reason. I don't remember the specifics of that case and the technical violation of the historic uh, uh, fund committee, but in any event, we are where we are. So I have no problem with sending this back to the full task force with the range of options that we may have there to refer or to deal with the matter, because clearly having it here, due respect, didn't get them to, it, and, and you up. did it, right. Yeah. And, and they know, you noticed them. I'm yep. not saying you didn't. Yeah. Anyway, and I would like to see that in the back. So yeah, I'm good. Member Anderson. Thank you. Um, I believe this is a matter that should be sent back to the full task force for any discussions about what steps we take from here. Yeah. Because I don't think sending another notice is going to do anything. No. Then have us all come back. Yeah, at, th at this point, it feels like there's a uh, willful violation and just ignoring yeah. our order. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and let me tell you what's at stake. So the, the context statements are a gravy train for preservation consultants. Because whoever does the context statement Every structure that's mentioned in the context statement, they make any change in that building, they've got to go to that specific person to get a report. To get a COA or, or whatever. whatever. Yeah. And so the they they didn't approve ours after we had an architect go through 900 different properties. So, so over the last 15 years, we would have been getting 
revenue from some percentage of those folks. And since most of them were African-American, a lot of those folks would have been able to stay in their houses because we would have been able to increase their, uh, the value of their houses by being on the National Register and reduce their taxes through the Mills Act. So right now that's a benefit that only white people get in San Francisco. So, you know, like uh, St. Francis Wood, they had restricted covenants, but the planning department gave them historic district status. So all those homeowners, they got like a half million dollar boost in their home value and they get to you know, reduce their property taxes. So uh, 1970, which is a period of significance because you have to go back 50 years to be historically significant. African-Americans were the second largest ethnic group in the city. Um, they owned somewhere between 25% and a third of the city's landmass. I mean, from- It was significant. From Venice to Masonic, from Pacific to Haight, 120 blocks, they were all black. And then Bayview was all black. Bayview was like the biggest part of the city, right? So redevelopment has gotten a bad rap because most of the black folks who have left, left houses that are still here. And so fortunes have been made from getting those houses like Alamo Square that was all black in 1980 and folks bought those houses for $25,000. And then flipping it and that once it becomes a historic district, now they're worth 4 million. Same house they bought for $25,000. So, so, that, so that's, that's the hustle that's going on and that's basically what they wanted to keep us from being part of, from us you know, preserving the African-American community. I came from Richmond to here and I was the uh, chair of the project area committee for the Jackson Ward National Historic District in 1979. So I was back there visiting my son last summer and we're walking around the old neighborhood and he was three years old back then now he's 46 and he says it looks just like it did when we lived here and i looked around and said yeah it's still a black neighborhood so 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 we actually saved a black neighborhood 40 years ago without you know uh being able to uh, look at so if the same thing had happened in san francisco in 79, black population here would be about 200,000. Status. But there isn't a single black national register site that's owned by a black property in the city. Thank you, Mr. Templeton. Members, yeah. do we? Please go ahead. Do we have a, a motion or? Yeah. I make the motion that um, 
we refer this matter back to the full task force for whatever remedial actions can be taken at that point. How about further proceedings? For further proceedings. Okay. Do we have a second? I'll second it. Thank you, Member Wolf. Members, do we have uh, anything to, I mean, I think this is a good motion. Um, any further discussion or should we open this up for public comment? Public comment. Let's take public comment. We have no callers in the queue. Okay. Uh, Ms. Leger, please call the vote. Hang on a second. Member Anderson? Aye. Member Anderson, aye. Member Wolf? Aye. Member Wolf, aye. Member Pilpel? Appreciating very much the history lesson? Aye. Member Pilpel, aye. Chair LaHood? Aye. Chair LaHood, aye. All in favor? Okay. I just want to make sure I got this correct. Uh, moved by Member Anderson, seconded by Member Wolf, that we refer the matter back to the task force uh, for whatever proceedings that may take place. Is that what I heard? For, for further proceedings? Further proceedings. For, yeah. for whatever further proceedings may take place. Okay, I got it then. So that we have the full range of whoever, we whatever, We can consider whatever. everything. Yeah. Okay. Um, Chair LaHood, for, for the audio record, um, we have no members of the public in the room for public comment. Okay, thank you, um, uh, Ms. Peterson. Uh, Ms. Leger, please call the next item. Item number 11, file number 22028, a hearing on the status of the order of determination complaint filed by John Templeton against the Historic Preservation Commission for allegedly violating administrative code sections 67.7, 67.21, and 67.29-7 by failing to post an agenda containing a meaningful description of each item of business to be transacted or discussed at the meeting, failing to respond to a request for public records in a timely and or complete manner and failing to maintain and preserve all documents in typo in a professional manner. On July 6, 2022, the task force moved to find a violation of 6721B as a boy for failure to timely respond to the document requests and orders that the Historic Preservation Commission go back and produce those documents that would respond to the initial request and that the records disclosure shall include all items that were submitted with intake of the complaint. Order determination issued and approved on November 1, 2023. Okay. Thank you, Ms. Leger. Uh, we have Mr. Templeton here. Do we have anyone from uh, the respondent from the Historic Preservation Commission? There was no one here online. There was no one here online. Okay. Mr. Templeton, we're going to do the same, uh, same as uh, last time. Very, 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 very brief uh, difference. Um, so when we presented the information on November 29th, uh, 2021 we specifically placed it in the forms for the national register which we had never done before all right because we hadn't got paid and they hadn't held the hearing so we had not actually placed it in the forms so by placing it in the forms for the national register we created an obligation for them to hold the hearing and they didn't so after we filed the civil rights complaint, um, because they had made no representations that there was anything wrong with the work we did or anything like that, 
we we filed um, five nominations with the state historic preservation office on November 9th, 2022, which once again, created an obligation for them to respond and to make a recommendation to the state historic preservation office. They have not done so yet. So uh, they're violating the, the National Historic Preservation Act by not um, holding a hearing on the um, um, nominations that we've made. And so, so that would be the, the one distinction for the commission as opposed to the department. Okay, I have a question here because I'm looking specifically at our order of determination and the motion that passed said failure to timely respond to the document request and order the uh, Historic Preservation Commission to go back and produce those documents that was respond to the initial request and that the records disclosure shall include all items that were submitted with the intake of the complaint. Have you received any of those documents? Okay. That would be no. Yeah, we need you to oh, say no. Thank no. you. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. <laughs> uh, uh, thank you for the audio. Um, members, what questions do we have? Without repeating what we just went through, once again, when a department, good, bad, or otherwise, uh, has an adverse uh, order and they need to comply, we need to hear from them directly that this is what they did in response, uh, period, whatever it is. And and we may like it, we may not like it, um, but I don't think they should have an option to just blow us off and, and say, eh, we're just not sending you anything, we're not responding. That's not okay. And... Uh, that's uh, what did member Anderson say earlier. I'm disappointed with the planning department. Um, I too am disappointed with the planning department. Because because your your commissioner is just like them. So you know, I'm sure there's all kinds of people you would rather not listen to. You know, I <laughs> and, and we may not be experts in history or historic preservation or context statements or mm -hmm. all of that, but we're kind of experts on records and in. If they didn't timely provide a record, and if there was an order that said you should, and we want to know what you're doing as a result, they kind of have an obligation to tell us what they're doing. Right. And the order said five days. Right. So this is yeah. this has been this two is years, eight, is years, eight hundred days. Yes. But who's counting? Yeah. So I want to make sure, uh, Member Wolf, we can't see you. Did you have any questions or comments? No, I, I, I think uh, everything you brought up was was good. The, the only thing I'll add is that we have no jurisdiction on NEPA. Uh, you know, so if they're required to do something with regards to, you know, meeting notices and whatnot, uh, this commission is local to us um, and they still have to follow uh, state and local law. Uh, so. You know, that's that's what is what's within our jurisdiction. But uh, considering that our order of determination, as uh, Chair LaHood mentioned, is not on that issue. Um, uh, I thank you for bringing it up, uh, but I, I agree with uh, uh, moving forward with uh, any 
any recommendations. Okay, um, members, who would like to make a motion? Member Anderson, do you want to do the same thing as last one? Same motion? Yeah. I move that this matter be referred back to the full task force for member Pilpel. Uh, further proceedings. For further proceedings. Do we have a second? Bruce, do you want this one or shall I second? You go ahead. I did the last one. I'll take this one. Second. Okay. Um, uh, Ms. Peterson, we'd like to open this up for public comment. Is there anyone uh, other than Mr. Templeton? We don't have anyone in the room. Is there anyone online who wishes to make public comment? There are no callers on the line. Okay. Ms. Leger, please call the vote. Member Anderson? Aye. Member Anderson, I. Member Pilpel? Aye. Member Pilpel, I. Member Wolf? Aye. Member Wolf, I. Chair LaHood? Aye. Chair LaHood, aye. All in favor? Okay. The motion passes. Mr. Templeton, thank you. Um, Mr. J will follow up with you about when this will be scheduled for the full task force. Um, and I'll I don't know if you have any. I'll bring this to Chair Yankee's attention. I'll make sure he sees it. And next time I run into Al Williams in the neighborhood, we'll talk about this. Thank you. Okay. Thanks. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay. Next item. Next item, please. Item number 12 committee members will review the sunshine ordinance and discuss possible amendments to recommend to the full task force. Recommendations proposed by members of the public at previous committee meetings will be taken into consideration. Uh, this is a discussion and proposed action to forward recommendations to the full task force. And we have two links that were provided by Chair Hood. Um, but there are more than two links and actually, I know, and, I, and I scanned all those documents in and they are part of the, yes, they are. But I'm, I'm a little bit concerned that people might not have seen that. Um, so the good news is they are linked. If you hover over item number 12, there is a much larger packet than those two links. Um, I'd like to ask if there are going to be links like that in the future, if we could have something else linked that shows that because this is where the depth of, of, of information is, is in hovering over the um, file. Now, I think members, did you, were you aware of that? Ask. Okay. No, I, yeah. I got these two things, the marked up thing and the one page. Right? Oh, Maxine, just for your uh, information when we do these, because uh, you've been doing this long with me, um, how I was trained by Administrator Young was to uh, mark the text of the summary that would describe the case. And almost every single time, unless it says part two, part three, mm -hmm. that's where any information that is related to one of the cases would be found. So always do that because okay. um, you'll find a lot of your information there. Yeah, I did not uh, do that either because I saw the two links. Yeah, well, I mean, the good news is, and for anyone listening to this, and unfortunately it doesn't sound like there's anyone else on the line uh, to discuss with us, I would say the pages I would, um, that I would very, I mean, I want to draw your attention to all of these things, but the, um, if you actually go to the, toward the end of the document, um, uh, in fact, let's see, let's see. Um, well, now let me find the, the, the top of it. Um, 
let's see, starting at page 48 of 55. What's the first section? Uh, the first section, it's article one in general. So it's the ordinance. And then starting on page 49, we actually have the notes that, and I think actually everyone here was in these discussions. So I was doing track changes on the various points that we were discussing in the ordinance um, and wanting wanting to mark specific spots where oh, yeah. we had commentary and working our way through. Oh, so, okay, member Pilpel does have it. Okay. Um, so I think Bruce was trying to say something. Else. Oh, Sorry, Bruce, member Wolf, member Wolf were you say saying something? something? No, I wasn't. Oh, okay. I think it was just, was just my just my phone. All right. Okay, so we had made it through section 6771. Um, and I would like to pick up from there. But another thing that um, I think, you know, and th this has come up before, one of the challenges with this is, you know, we, we make some progress, but there's a lot to be done. And then at some point we need to synthesize you know, our work and other re versions of recommendations, um, you know, that have have come in and pull this all together. And uh, I guess the question to uh, Ms. Leger, and I don't know if you can answer this, but, you know, we've been looking for ways to get additional time. Are there meet, and then the question is to members of this committee, are there meetings that start a little bit later than ours where we could actually come in and and grab some of the time before the meetings? For example, it does one of the meetings, uh, one of the committee meetings like start at 530 and is there a chance that we could come in and just discuss the ordinance from 4 to 530? I'd have to ask, I'd have to call uh, the woman, Lori Mazzola. I think she's the one who uh, reserves all the conference rooms. For uh, I don't believe that's an issue because we usually reserve the room from four to. Then that's the what night I thought. Yeah, it's meetings. time for me so I can set up the meeting room and then we can have our meeting. Mm -hmm. um, but if they want to come in at four, that means I would probably need to be here by 315, 330 to make sure the room is is um, is vacant and available for the committee members to be in here. So I do have to check on that. Okay. Um, I guess committee members and what, what day, what day was that? Is that also on Tuesdays? What All right. So on Tuesdays, there's also EOT. They begin at 530. Okay. There'll be an EOT meeting this coming March. Mm -hmm. If you want to piggyback that, like from three to five or something. Oh, if that's even possible. I mean, if I could, I'm sorry, is there a problem? No. Just a, a comment. The EOT meets on the other month in the slot that we're in. Right. So we're on the uh, even months, they're on the odd months, same slot. Uh, the way I understand it, complaint is on the third Tuesday uh, every and month. they're every month. Mm -hmm. So Pat's here to answer questions about yeah, that. So I, I think based on our availability, if what you're ultimately asking is, are we available? Mm -hmm. I'm available. If others are available, we can be available. And if the staff can find a slot, before, after, during, whatever, uh, they'll make that happen. And I'm realizing as I'm having this discussion, even though I think that this is about this, perhaps we should save this. Uh, for the full task? No, not, not for the full task, but for the- uh, For the and, next hearing? You know, yeah. uh, no, 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 for, um, uh, uh, for items for future discussion. Yeah. Oh, for what? Okay. Items, the whatever the last item is on the agenda. With, for item 13. For item 13, where we say- Yeah, uh, I mean, yes. if, but, okay. 
We can talk about this in item 13. Yeah. So um, in the meantime, <laughs> um, we made it through 6771 public notice requirements. Um, I would like to pick up with the next section um, unless anyone has any objections to that. Can, can, we, can we pick up from there? That's what fine. page are you on? Uh, so, I, so I actually clicked through on the American Legal Publishing because so, and went to section 67, uh, 67.8, which is agenda disclosures, closed sessions. Mm -hmm. Does anyone have any, uh, any problem with us, uh, starting from there and just going section by section? And I will, can, what I'll do again is make comments on any suggestions that people make. And using track changes, and then we'll have that added to the next meeting. So we have a full um, tracking of what we're doing. Yeah, it seems fine. Okay. Question. Yes. So you have clicked to another website, and that's what you're referring to. I can't hear you. Oh, talking oh, about the microphone. Sorry about that, Bruce and everyone. Um, so you have clicked. Um, Yes, I clicked through to a website that was linked on, and although I'm realizing now that the way it links, it links to the general guide, but I am just going to the sunshine ordinance. This is purely the text of the sunshine ordinance. Okay. Thank you. Yes. Uh, so. I have a question. Yes. Member Pilpel. Um, I'm not sure which document this is the one that that has no header uh the one that has no header i believe the those are uh allison washburn's ah okay uh that's allison washburn's documents and actually mrs j here's a question on this when we submit documents that have headings but there's no title in the document that doesn't get captured does it so so the document has a title but when it's printed out and added, there's nothing that indicates what that is, unless we have essentially a cover page or a title on the document. So member Pilpel uh, has a document that starts with article one. It doesn't say what it is or who submitted it, Whose version, where it came date, from, what, what this um, is. Is it is it part of item 12? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Now, I know I just sent those documents to you and said, can you include these? But it didn't cross my mind that there would be not be a description of what they were or some sort of index. So, yeah, we can certainly add that. Yeah, I, I think that would that would be helpful. And like a clear, especially if we're putting links in the agenda, something clear that shows that there's also a link to these documents. Maybe we need a context statement. Yeah, that was really uh, no, no, that's okay. member Wolf, please. Yeah, I was just going to say that, you know, just like in regular complaints, there is, you know, on the cover on our cover page, the agenda packet contents list, mm -hmm. you know, where it has, it says other and there's yes. boxes and lines, you know, usually um, there is some direction is like a little bit of a table of contents there. Um, so, you know, here you could have done the same thing to delineate the two different documents or three different documents. Yeah, uh, that would be helpful. I'm yes, that would be extremely helpful. 
um, whether whether it's done on that sort of index page or um, perhaps I could even write that up and just say put this on top of the the packet. Yeah. So just to so it's clear to people why these things are included and who, where they came from. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. Okay. Uh, if, Member Pilpil. If if we're past that, I actually have a couple of uh, moments of thought on sixty seven point eight. That Great. Section. Would that be fun? Should we do that? Yes. Let's. Okay. So 67.8. Does everyone have that in front of them and ready? Whatever to version proceed? they're looking at. Yes. Okay. Remember okay. okay. So 67.8. And I, I'm sorry I didn't bring a table or, or find a table of the parallels. And maybe I will look for or create a table that shows what the Brown Act section is or the CPRA. The right. old CFPRA. CPRA section, the new CPRA section, and the Sunshine Ordinance. And before reference. you proceed on that, I think we were told that those were supposed to automatically get updated. So I don't know if this is the updated number or the old number. In any event, yes. I, I just think we need a, a, a table for that. I'll try to do that okay. in my spare time. But my point is that 67.8, um, although I guess Allison's version um, was proposing to strike some of that language, and I'm not sure why. And if she's not here tonight, maybe we can hear from her another time on that. Yeah, yeah I, this this is our first pass through. There will be chances to come back. That's yes. fine. Um, I think it is important and useful to um, duplicate what is in uh, the Brown Act with respect to these um, 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 not weird, but these special notice requirements for different types of closed sessions. I think it is in, in the old days, you just said, you know, closed session bang. Okay. That wasn't sufficient. And so the 90, the 1994 amendments, I think to the, um, Brown act had these, you know, really specific, uh, disclosures for each type of closed session. So without disclosing, um, the confidential stuff in closed session, it gives people an idea of what the topic is. So if it's uh, with a real property negotiator, you have to identify the property. If it's a, about a, a case that's in litigation, you have to identify the case number. This is useful. And there are some who may say, we could strike this because state law covers that sufficiently. Well, who knows what's gonna happen with state law? And there are some particular things in San Francisco like transit operators and nurses, da, 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 where it's useful to indicate the type of employee organization. So I am with keeping uh, the framework of 67.8, and I wanted to make that clear. Uh, nevertheless, um, I'm just sharing with uh, Chair LaHood that I think there are some uh, instances where it refers to government code, where I think it could be more precise to say California government code, um, each, whether it's each item or every item, I think it should be consistent um, about that. Um, where's some other stuff? Let me just Question. give you another. Go ahead. Just, Bruce. I, I just on that. Are you also including 67.8-1? I'm, I'm getting to that in a moment. Okay. But, We're uh, taking one you. section at a time. Right. Oh, okay. But, but I was, I do believe that the content of 67.8-1 should be incorporated elsewhere in 67.8 or I think 67.12. I don't like where 67.8-1 is. It's kind of like, oh, and by the way, this other stuff should be layered on. I think the substance of 67.8-1 is totally important, but I would move it elsewhere. 
So uh, let me just take a second on uh, the big paragraph uh, under conference with legal counsel. Um, I think uh, just before we move ahead, sure. I am putting a note on here. I'm I'm highlighting where it says government code section five four nine five four point two, and I'm saying one update to California government code in all instances, and two make sure sections are updated to new code numbers or correct or whatever new slash correct. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, this is a good opportunity to actually yeah. check the code. Verify. Are right. Yes. Uh, okay. Every few years is kind yeah. of in every generation. Yeah. Okay. Um, please proceed. Okay. So there's um, a, a big paragraph under conference with legal counsel mm -hmm. um, well, for yes. anticipated litigation. Yes. So my current version of that, let me just read it out so mm -hmm. people can hear it. Um, the space after existing litigation shall be used to specifically identify a case number under discussion pursuant to. California government code section 54956.9A. When you say your version, the, meaning your strike through notes? Yes, from years ago. Okay. So I'm just. Did you submit these? I have not. Okay. But I, I, I will at some point. Okay. But I just wanted to read through this for a second. Okay. Including the case number, court, sorry, including the case name, court, case number, and date the case was filed. Because that date that it was filed, I think, is in a different section right now. Um, Unless such identification would jeopardize the city's ability to effectuate service or process upon one or more unserved parties um, or would jeopardize the city's ability to conclude existing settlement negotiations to its advantage, in which instance the appropriate parenthetical language shall be substituted. In addition, the material terms, this is where I'm moving something from a different section. In addition, the material terms of any proposed settlement under which the city would adopt, modify, or discontinue an existing policy, practice, or program, or otherwise act other than to pay an amount of money less than $50,000 shall be disclosed. This is the material terms provision that's elsewhere that's totally important. This was one of my ideas 25 years ago. Um, but I think this really needs to be right here because some the, the problem with some of this closed session language is that it's in 67.8, it's in 67.8-1, it's in 67.12. It's sort of scattered all over. And I think it's useful to put it all here. So if there's any question about what's the agenda procedure, what's the agenda language and disclosure, what, what happens sort of before the meeting as opposed to what happens during and after the meeting relative to closed session, it's all pretty plain because right now it's not easy to find all this stuff. It's all here, but it's like all over the place. Um, anyway, and then the rest of this is is pretty straightforward. Um, okay, so I am putting a note on this whole section. There you go. Saying, member Pilpel has significant edits on this section. Ask him to submit this section with line edits and clarify which text has been pulled in from other sections of the ordinance. Yeah, it, I wouldn't call them significant, but I would say has edits. They're, uh, they're they're not the most significant editing work I've ever okay. done. Okay. Well, I, I let's put You're it fine. this way: it's more than three words, which is why I'm highlighting oh, the oh, section. Oh, okay. Yes. 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 Okay. Um, um. Go ahead. Please go ahead. Oh. Um. Since Member Wolf asked about it, uh, if I can just we're still in this you, section. In, in right? point, okay. 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 I was I was going to talk about point eight nope. dash one. We'll no. do that. Let's just them? do point eight, and then I want to give everyone a chance to talk, and then yep, we yep, can proceed. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. Do. So was that it for um, point eight? I'm not sure. Let me think about this for a second. I think moving this uh, material terms sentence here 
does the trick, but I want to think about it because there are some policy bodies that um, that don't. I, I want to think if this does the trick for all instances. So, in a prior in prior practice, and and Victor might actually help me on this. The board of supervisors at its committees and at the full board did not routinely or did not always um, disclose for a proposed settlement, and this is particularly at GAO, but sometimes uh, elsewhere, um, what the material terms were of the proposed settlement or what the underlying situation was. Until it was agreed to. Right, and in some cases they were like, why would you wanna know, or 15 days, or it, it, became, it becomes more of a hassle than it needs to be. So the practice was changed a few years ago and I cannot remember if it was a rules change or just a, a change in practice that um, member Peskin and uh, John Givner worked out. Um, but now where there's a, a matter in closed session, again, particularly at GAO, it says something like the, the claim or the litigation alleged a workplace harassment incident or involved um, a, a, a sewer pipe burst or something so that there's, so without dis, disclosing the litigation strategy or who's admitting what, or what the hell's going on, you at least know, oh, this is about an employment dispute. Okay. That's cool. Right. Cause otherwise it seems to me like it is not particularly meaningful to ask for public comment about a closed session matter when you have absolutely no idea what it's. Uh, about, but the city is proposing to pay out $300,000. You're like, so how can I, if I wanted to comment, you're not even going to tell me who it is or what it is. So, so that's quick, quick question. Yeah. Can you, uh, I'll come to you, member Wolf in one okay. second. Can you point us to the specific line that, that you're proposing gets changed here? I, I think it's, I think it's using this material terms language, but I need to think about whether there's some other thing that needs to get added about the underlying uh, nature of the litigation matter. So that's what I want to think about is whether I need another few words. About material terms language that is your written in text, but it's not. No, no, here. no, no, it, that's it text that I moved from elsewhere. Yeah. Right, but it came from a different section of the order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I, can I chime in? Yes, on Member Wolf. So, 67.11, I think, co covers some of that statement for reasons for closed session, uh, which uh, describes what needs to be added to the agenda. Mm -hmm. um, prior to any closed session, a policy body shall state the general reason or reasons for the closed session and shall cite, cite the statutory authority, including specific section and subdivision other legal authority you know that that speaks to their authority to go into closed session mm -hmm. more or less um uh, but it also then says policy body may consider only those matters covered in its statement so mm -hmm. that implies that they have to name it uh so there's that part and that's a and then in b it's a, it says in the case of an item added to the agenda as a matter of urgent necessity, it goes on into that uh, where 
uh, think it needs to be uh, with the same disclosures. So you have some you have some cover there. Uh, if you want to beef that up, I, I think that that's a good yeah. idea. Um, I thought there was another. Oh, uh, sixty-seven nine, but that doesn't that's relate different to stuff. closed sessions. Yeah, Wait, to um, to Member Wolf, if I might, I sure. think where I was pulling that language of the uh, material terms and the the fifty thousand was out of. I just found it. Uh, out of 67.12 B3, the settlement uh, paragraph there. Um, Yeah, I I think we have to realize, and I understand what you're trying to do, uh, Chair LaHood, by trying to go section by section, but Mm -hmm. the way the ordinance was written at the time it was written, and then when it got amended uh, in in 1999, it, it, it kind of like, it does bounce around a little bit, so. It does, it does. I guess what I'm asking for is if we could sort of do the, as much as possible, and, and maybe this is, maybe what I'm asking for can't happen, but as much as possible, do the internal edits on each section and then think about how to collapse them. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Just yeah. for simplicity, because if we keep jumping back and forth, I think we lose track of, um, yeah. you know. But yeah. so far, I don't hear any radical disagreement about having all of the closed session notice and disclosure provisions in one place. As a to group. be honest, I would have to see your line edits. Okay, okay. Which you know, uh, okay. which I'm I'm putting a note in here that we want to see them. So <laughs> I bet you do. <laughs> so um, that may happen someday. Remember yeah, I'll oh, I'll, I'll review the the what. Um, Allison Washburn had um, struck there in sixty-seven point eight. I'm not. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think there may have been like, I like you were saying, Member Popala. It was some, maybe some catch-all, you know, because it's already covered in state mm-hmm. law. But I get your, I get your point that state law can change. The question is, is if it, you know, the ordinance. You know, I don't know. I don't know what latitude we have with regards to the the I, the term enhancement, because enhancement re- refers to dependence on something that already exists on baseline somewhere. Yeah, right. So, you know, if state law changes its baseline or repeals something, then does the enhancement survive it or not? I I, I don't have an answer to that question. Okay. Um, any other specific changes to 67.8? Um, you know, and if we get to a later section and you say, this is the one that I wanted to move up to 67.8, we can do that. I just want to make sure that we don't. Let's, yeah. Um, I, anything else specific in 67.8? Yeah. The only thing I would say that would need to be maybe added to it. Mm-hmm. Is the new laws regarding police actions? Because uh-huh. that, you know, the um, if you remember, I think it was last year or the year before, there was some, a major development on the disclosure of like personal records if, in uh, uh, deadly force incidents mm-hmm. or something like that. 
Um, and then we had some cases that uh, bubbled up from that around closed sessions that were happening at the police commission that potentially should have been revealed, should have been made, made public. And so I, I, I'd have to go back and review those. It's, it's been a while. But I'm wondering, you know, those kinds of those are changes not in CPRA, right. but in other other areas of, of law. So I would suggest that Member Wolf makes a great point. Um, and maybe one of the notes is that somebody needs to uh, track down any changes to um, Penal Code 832.7 and other things in that neighborhood relating to peace officer uh, records. Both on the record side and any implications to the meeting side, I, and I don't know the answer. Somebody said, knows. So penal code eight thirty two point seven, right? And friends. Okay, I'll say. And there probably is already case law out there citing all of that. Yeah, that can be referred it, to. Th this is not like an obscure thing. This is what they all live for. The okay. Yeah. Let's see if we need to add. A section on close. What are the sessions? implications both for meetings and for records in different places okay. in the ordinance? Yeah, the only other thing I would say about this is where else has there been difficulties or no, may I'll take that back. Where else has there been questionable closed sessions? agency by agency or category by category of agency and department. Like, you know, yeah, that's zoo, a good, zoo that's a good versus point. health versus, you know, public works. Well, zoo, zoo, museum, library, that all falls under the, the 12L conundrum. But yeah, I, I get that. Um, but still, okay. so we're thinking, so talking about closed sessions. So, right. So here's a specific example and I'll think of, of some more and member Wolf, maybe you can, um, too. um, departments, uh, department heads occasionally leave for whatever reason, right? Whenever there's a hiring process, they go through some multi-step multi-month, um, thing, and it varies a bit in the city, but it's, you know, they usually start with an open session item about what are the qualities that we're looking for in a department head. Then they go into, you know, a long series of closed session uh, meetings where they, you know, finalize the job application or they may do that in open session, but then eventually they get people to apply. They call down the list. They uh, call people in for interviews. And in most cases, they forward a list of three or more names to the mayor. The mayor selects. That's the new department head, yada, yada. Okay. That's all well and good. That's generally circumscribed in the um, charter, but I don't think that there's a specific requirement in the ordinance now. There, there are provisions that allow most of that to exist in closed session. That's fine, but there's no requirement that I'm aware of um, that would compel a commission to give a general update either before or after a closed session to say where they are in the process. So to say, we have actually received 59 uh, uh, applications or resumes, and we're now in the process of winnowing that down. We'll get back to you, right? And then the next time they say, okay, we had 59, we winnowed it down to 
18 and, you know, we're going to, uh, somebody's going to interview them and get it to, right? So to give people a sense of where they are in the process without disclosing names, and there are good privacy reasons not to disclose, but to disclose numbers and points in the process. I don't know how to write, I haven't thought about how to write that into a sentence or two, but I think that promotes public confidence in the process in a way just like that other thing that I talked about a few minutes ago um, with an employment dispute, it gives you a general sense of what's going on without uh, compromising uh, privacy or confidentiality in a way that might be detrimental to the city or the applicants. Uh, Member Wolf, does that give you a good specific? Yeah, yeah, that, that's good. I mean, I, I just, uh... I, I'm, I'm looking for specific examples, but yeah. Right. Well, that question, I, I mean, you gave the example of hiring. Do you want this apply specifically to department heads? Sure. Or, okay. Well, because I mean, hiring it, in general, I could see like those kinds of. Let's, I let's think we be, need to be careful about making policies that would be so. That would be, let's be burdensome to a degree that's yeah. understood. Let's be clear that the number of public employees that are subject to hiring in the way that the, whatever this is, 54956.9, whatever, that's covered by a city board or commission is limited. It right. is generally the department head and maybe the commission secretary, and that's it. All the other subordinate uh, staff in city departments are subject to the hiring uh, choices and, and whatnot of the department head. The department head is the appointing officer, yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. I could cite you civil service rules on all that. But the point is, it's not a large universe of people and they all know and they all understand the, the tension between confidentiality of applicants so as not to harm them if they're at another agency that doesn't know that they're applying and public confidence that they're going through a process that's meaningful. So it's member one. This is not dissimilar to the RFP uh, process yes. where people would love to know the innards of that, how that process up, you know, what's going on during. And when we get to that provision in the ordinance, we'll talk about RFPs and what you, what makes right. sense to to do and not. I, I'm sorry, as usual, I'm talking too much. No, no. So uh, just to be clear. So you're talking about adding another section about hiring. Yeah, although that might that might properly we, go. Wait, we have public employment hiring, title, description, positions to be filled. But you're talking about right. embellishing that. Right, but I think in the example that I just gave, that's probably more appropriate to go in 67.12 because it's the disclosure of closed session discussions and actions to have like a sentence in there saying when hiring a department head, a border commission shall disclose in general terms with numbers without identifying names where they are in the process. Okay, I'm yeah. gonna move I'm my gonna note down there for now. Okay. And then when we get to that, we can. But I'll think if there are other agenda disclosure things that are appropriate for closed sessions. Okay. So, um, any el anything else on 67.8 before we move to 67.8-1? There are 
two other things that I had in color here, which points me to it, mm -hmm. um, on the collective bargaining mm -hmm. thing, where it refers to transit workers. Mm -hmm. I think that should read transit operators, because I don't know who came up with the language transit workers. And and what? really, okay. And 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 is it I only want... transit operators? Yeah, there there are other provisions that are sort of different from this and how the MTA operates. Let me think more about what the intent was with these categories because I'm going to say, should this be operators? That's fine. I, um, I, let, let me just yeah, be clear. At the time when this was written, and I think this goes back to the original version of the ordinance, there really were four categories of city employees for all kinds of civil service and benefit reasons. It was um, police and, and fire, as you see here. It was uniformed, is what they were called. Transit operators, because TW had its own little thing. It was nurses, and it was everybody else. So that miscellaneous. So that's how those happened here. I don't know if that distinction still makes sense, and I may want to talk to somebody over at DHR and see if that's still how they view the world, and if that makes sense to have it in here like this. Yeah, I don't know. I have a Quick question. Mm -hmm. Does government code section uh, 54957, does that address all the issues regarding workers, closed sessions involving workers? So if we put what the government code says, will that pretty much delineate what, what we need to do within each closed session and therefore we don't have to spell it all out? There, as I recall, and I can go back and look at the book, there are different uh sections within the brown act um that address different types of closed sessions and this um what do you call it in the ordinance 67.8 was trying to capture all of these little how do you put it in the agenda things that were pulled from um different uh parts of the brown act so it may make sense to try to reconcile and harmonize that and it may make sense not to I'm happy to think about that, but, okay. but yeah, there, are, there are different provisions under which, um, an agency can hold a closed session. It's for different reasons. And that's why the disclosure, um, really needs to be tailored to the type of closed session. What you would say about, um, an employee evaluation or dismissal is different from what you would say about a threat to public facilities and maybe. You don't want to be, maybe there are good reasons not to be too specific about the type of threat to public facilities, whether it's a physical threat, a cyber threat, um, a terrorist threat or whatever, and you don't want to identify the facilities. Maybe there's a good reason not to do that, but that's not the same as you know that you're in negotiations for a successor MOU with Local 21. Fine. So what are you talking about? You're talking about wages, hours, benefits, and who's your labor negotiator? That that I understand. I'm yeah. just wondering whether or not we couldn't condense it by saying that we will follow what's in the Brown Act, which addresses all these different categories that I, we've pulled out. I, to I make think it we specific to San Francisco. I just got bumped off. Oh, hello. Yes, I'm here. Okay. I just got bumped out of the meeting. Well, welcome back. Thank you. <laughs> um. We, uh, I think it depends on the provision. I think the idea here and, and the example I 
gave a moment ago about the nurses and transit operators is where we would be more specific in San Francisco about it than the Brown Act might provide for statewide. It might just say, you know, name the employee organization. And so they're thinking in terms of like, you know, ask me for statewide, whatever, as opposed to, you know, the different unions that the city deals with. But it's a good question. I don't, I don't know. I, let me think about that. And then the other, so transit operators, and then the other thing um, here, just to reduce the amount of language, there's um, a line here where renegotiating an MOU or negotiating a successor MOU, blah, 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 blah. I would just strike that whole beginning of the thing and say the name of the memorandum of understanding, comma, where applicable or in parens. I, I don't care if you're negotiating a new one or a successor. I just want the name of the MOU. And that may just be, you know, uh, memorandum of, of agreement with Carpenters, uh, uh, local, whatever they are, 39, 38, 37. Anyway. Why is there a... Why is there a colon after understanding? Uh, because it shouldn't be there. Okay. Yeah. That there. See, now you're getting into the editing. No, no, no. I mean, I was trying to figure out what followed, uh, and it didn't make sense. Okay. No. It, um, it, where Where do you see that? Oh, it says we're renegotiating under the list of anticipated issues under negotiation: wages, hours, benefits, working conditions. Other all, and then it says we're renegotiating a memorandum of understanding or negotiating a successor memorandum of understanding. The name of the memorandum of understanding, and I think it should be period. And then instead of colon after that, correct? It's because the idea here is that there would be a blank that they would fill in. This is it's it's written in a very weird way. It's like you know. Oh, that like you would here. fill in the the name of the memorandum of understanding right there. Right. So like that doesn't even make sense. No. So uh, earlier, sorry, in the, in the mic. So earlier on the page where it says at the top public or somewhat earlier public employee performance evaluation person and in the name, the case of a routine evaluation name of the employees, da, 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 right? So there's a big line missing because this was somebody thought that then they would just pull this cut and paste and then insert the name oh. right there. So it's very, it's okay. written in a very weird, you know. Think if it was in a different think, font. Yeah. It was in a it different a, font. It yeah. might make sense. Think thirty years ago. Okay. And think, yeah. Okay. Okay. It's well intended. Member Pill Pill, I got the thing about the workers oh, when you were saying strike that. Eh. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I'm thinking about it. Okay. I mean, I will highlight this and say maybe simplify this. Yeah. Okay. I'm okay. Sorry, I keep talking. The the main point overall is that we, should, in my view, we should continue to be as specific as we can about agenda disclosures for closed session in ways that helps the public understand what's going on in general terms without breaching confidentiality or privacy or uh, disadvantaging the city and labor, real estate uh, settlement negotiations, any of that. Mm -hmm. And and there are ways to do that. You talk general terms. You talk numbers you don't identify names you don't uh, uh disclose the uh, strategy okay can i shut up for a little bit I, i'm gonna say so we, here's my edit on this where you say we're negotiating a memorandum of understanding or an or negotiate 
Okay, we don't need negotiating again. Or a successor memorandum of understanding. Say the name of the uh, the name of the agreement. We don't need to restate memorandum of understanding three times. I I simplified it further. I just said the name of the memorandum of understanding were applicable. So I didn't. I, obviously, this is if it's in reference to an MOU, tells the name. That's all. Period. It's like one reference. The name were applicable. That's all. There may be other ways to do many it. ways of doing. It. Okay. Yes. Um, how how do you all feel about moving on to the next section? I'm getting a little tired. Yeah. And hungry. Could, could we just do point eight dash one? Because I don't think that's sure. going to take too long. I think we already yeah. covered most of it. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Point eight dash one. Additional requirements for closed sessions. Um, okay. So on that, I think I was thinking to strike that that entire section and just move the language elsewhere. So what I have in my notes is the first two sentences in 67.8-1A on uh, retention periods. Um, I've got that moved to 67.12E and the other half of that section uh, a, there is no 12 E. You mean make it a 12 E? Yeah, I think, I think that's what I ended up doing. Um, and then the 2nd, half of the. Recordings da, 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 da. somehow I thought and member Wolf may. Want to chime in on this. Um, I think I was proposing to strike. Those last uh, five lines there, because it it just it, it didn't you mean make A or B in A. So let me explain this for a second. The second sentence in A: closed session recordings shall be made available whenever all rationales for closing the session and I don't even know what closing session whatever are no longer applicable. Okay. Let's say that we're with that concept. So if you were talking about some individual, that individual died and they died 20 years ago, right? They've got no continuing interest in privacy or whatever, right? So arguably you could make that available. So um, on the same basis, I, I don't get what's happening in the next sentence is two years after the thing, if no litigation is filed, on expiration statute of limitation, da, da, da. I, I think the, the sort of catch all when all the rationales are no longer applicable. Oh, oh, I think that it's good to spell it out because what are all rationales? Like, well, somebody could make, you know, if you're not explicit, I think it's very easy to justify that there's always a reason to keep it secret. Well, that's true, but I'm, I'm not sure that fair enough, but I'm not sure that the language, whenever all rationales, maybe that needs to be because that's not, I agree with you, that's not great language, but I, I also don't think that the two years or upon expiration of the SOL or as soon as the controversy is settled or, I, I don't know what any of that stuff means. I, I like the, as soon as possible, you should make it available if you can, but I think in practical terms, I mean, let's be real, most Policy bodies 
upon advice of the city attorney, are not going to readily make available the recording from a closed session. They'll come up with some explanation. And in some cases, that explanation will still be valid six months or six years or 20 years later. I don't know. But the idea of when any and all of those rationales are exhausted, you can't make the argument that it should still be secret, that it should be available. I'm with that. But there may be ways to make that more clear rather than creating the idea that two years later, if there's no litigation, I mean, if there's no litigation, then, hey, then two weeks later, I mean, why wait two years? And why is a statute of lit? Anyway, we could think about how best to play that out. And I suspect if we asked how many closed session recordings have ever been released in the city, the answer would be uh, less than five and perhaps close to zero. So this may be language that looks good on paper, but never actually happens. I, this reminds keep it forever, but I'm not sure that they're ever going to disclose it. I mean, uh, Member Wolf. Yeah, this reminds me of a recent case we had where somebody was looking for documents or records from a, a murder case that happened 40, 50 years ago. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's it's not dissimilar to to that. Um, right, and they're saying, oh, it's still an open case. Yeah, and, and another mean, jurisdiction is looking into it. Yeah, that's right. And they could they could say the same thing for a closed session. You know that it's still open and open and under investigation or something like that. And there are arguments on on different sides of that, but you know I could also very easily make the argument that if all the candidates, if you were talking about firing somebody, and that person is dead and has been dead and everybody knows it and yada yada, you know. I mean, at some point, as it's yeah. saying, there's no longer any rational, any rational reason whatsoever, right? Right. Exactly. Who is who is the city protecting? This is closed sessions are about protecting something. Who are you protecting? At some point, if there's nobody to protect, make it public. What are you? Yeah. There's okay. something. There's something to say between getting having the granular detail. But there's also something about a broad brushstroke yes. and allowing the respondent to have their day essentially in court to explain, explain it away. Why, why, why it won't, doesn't apply or, or what have you. So. Okay. Anyway, that was en enough on section a from me on section B. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm trying to figure out how to capture this because you said a lot of things. I, yeah. So getting back to closed session recordings shall be made available whenever all rationales for closing the session are lo no longer applicable. And you would rather say made available as soon as possible? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure what the best language is, but I'm still with that concept. I don't know that, okay. this, is, that this quite nails the language. But Okay, I'm going to say, can we, I'm going to just put a comment in here. Can we change? to as soon as possible or something that generally seems less restrictive. Yeah. Or I mean, maybe we even want to say the intent is that closed session recordings shall not be kept confidential 
forever. That that our hope is that at some point the rationale is extinguished or diminished to the point where you can, you know, make a tape available and bleep out some names. That that you would have the equivalent of redaction. Mm-hmm. I I haven't thought this completely through, but that they're not meant to be kept confidential indefinitely. Yeah. Oh, okay. We can play with that in the future, but that's okay. Okay. And then regarding this this question about the you know two years upon expiration, blah blah blah. It kind of feels not. Does anybody here an attorney? Not okay. Not, not as far as I know. I don't know if we need some legal advice on this. Yeah. Well, and again, this goes back to that discussion we just had. What makes sense? Have somebody from the city attorney's office tell us, you know, in our experience, if we did this, that would be bad for the city. If we did this, eh, that's a policy call. You guys figure that yeah. out. Some Somebody's thought through this because they deal with this. Yeah. This this is not like new territory for people over there. Yeah. The, the other thing is to also ask on both sides, practitioners, you know, or or whether it's government or lawyers or what have you, uh, you know, see what's feasible for them. You know, why would, let's say, a respondent consider a longer period, a shorter period of time or a longer period of time for it, as opposed to an advocate or, or a lawyer? And, um, you know, because times have changed, maybe two years is Maybe it needs to be some other number. Right. And here's another specific example. We're trying to think of specifics. Mm-hmm. Um, the city entered into a settlement agreement uh, a couple of years ago with Recology that involved um, customer rebates and ad- admissions of whatnot in connection with one of the scandals around here. There was uh, a closed session discussion at uh victor help me it wasn't rules i think that was gao um victor is not in the meeting oh well that's unfortunate uh victor terminated after never mind um i I, was it one other matter no no we don't want him terminate um at one of the board committees so they had some discussion in closed session um because that involved customer rebates and there was you know some heightened public interest scandal stuff whatever that might argue for making that discussion available sooner rather than when the city paid out, you know, 50,000 to people who live near 17th and Folsom for flooding, whatever. So, again, you can make different arguments around closed session stuff. It it doesn't get a, a, a whole lot of attention and we're probably giving it more time than. Okay, just right. to keep things moving. Yes. Are then we okay B? generally with B or no? Uh, with B, um, I think that was part of what got moved to 67.8A3 that, that I read that earlier. was part of what got moved. Oh, in, in what I read earlier. Oh, so. Remember I mentioned the and date the case was filed. So it was really pulling the date the case was filed because the rest of it is duplicative. You know, the thing I, I haven't looked at, and I'm, I'm looking at the documents, not at the code itself. Yeah. Can you see if uh, 67.8-1 was amended more recently? 
as the reason oh. why it wasn't folded into um, eight out of just not wanting to spend the time to do that? No, it was, I, I specifically remember that was one of the Prop G amendments. Okay. Um, I think all of the, the dash sections were Prop uh, G amendments. Prop G, so maybe it was just what, laziness? Not to fold it in. <laughs> it was, uh, we can have an offline discussion about how the Prop G amendment okay. process worked, but yeah. So you're essentially saying that the date the case was filed needs to be added to 67.8, and otherwise this whole section, uh, Part B, could be stricken. Um, well, that, that sentence, and then... Wait, that sentence or the, that phrase? The first phrase? sentence in B. Oh, or the first sentences. sentence in B right. needs to be moved. Okay. Okay. The the only thing that's not already in A3 is the date the case was filed. It already has language, including the case name, court, and case number. Okay, so what I'm saying is we could strike this whole section and just move the case the date was filed up to 67.8. Without harming the underlying. That, that was yes. my question. Yes, okay. yes. Right. Um, and then for the second sentence... Let me see what my note is there. Would, would that be an additional paragraph in eight? Or he, he's not no. even saying a paragraph. He's saying a clause or a an item in a list. The date right. the case was filed. I see. I see. Yeah. Okay. And then for the second sentence, what's my note on that? I was proposing to move that to sixty-seven point twelve F or whatever. Okay. Because. Uh, because it, it seemed to me like that second sentence in B was a post-closed um, session provision. So I was trying to be very clear that the agenda provisions go in 67.8, the disclosure provisions go in 67.12. Okay, let's, let's, let's just say it out loud without it being implied. So the... That second sentence would be because uh, uh, anticipated litigation has now been uh, put on the docket. Thus, it's a pub becomes a public matter. And so, right? yeah. So I'm saying uh, the second sentence can be moved to disclosure provisions in sixty-seven point twelve. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But I think it's got to stand independent of itself. Huh? It, it becomes a separate uh, provision. It doesn't. Yeah. It it, yeah. it it doesn't get folded into some other thing. It's right. still under sixty seven point twelve, but it's a new subsection or new. Yeah, it's a new subsection. Right. I agree. Okay. Okay. Uh, can we do one more? Oh my goodness. What? <laughs> <laughs> okay. How how are we feeling in the room? I am really, oh, uh, people are really stretching it for me. Okay, you guys, here's my concern is when we do, if we don't make enough progress, we're not, we're not I, going to. I know, but I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I've got some accommodation I have to deal with. Yeah. I, I can't, can, can't can I sit around, I can't be sitting for this long. Okay. Can I suggest this for next time? Yes. Whenever that is, yes. however, um, since we've gotten into some of the closed session stuff. Yeah. If we could maybe take something out of order and do um, 67.10, 11, and 12. 
because the, before this, we go back to nine, even nine. Well, it's, okay. it's an important provision, but uh -huh. 10, 11, and 12 are more about closed sessions. And then, and then we can come back to nine. Okay. Only because you all asked so nicely. Yes. Well, and that's, that's why if the thing flowed better, yeah. right. Yes. Then you would reorder it and renumber it like that. Okay. It's like, okay. If, if you wanted to write an ordinance to make it really hard to comply, this is how you would write it. I don't want yeah. to do <laughs> We're trying okay, to. Okay. Some of the issues that we discussed that we feel need to be tweaked. I can't hear you, Maxine. Oh, oh, some of the uh, issues we discussed that we felt need to needed to be tweaked in 67.8 or addressed more fully in those ordinances. That's those sections that were just uh, named, especially 67.12. So. I think that would be the way to go. Okay. I can agree to that. Uh, okay. And I'm not ignoring point nine. I'm no, that's not okay. really not. We'll come back to it. Okay. I trust. Yeah, okay. I, I, I agree with that. I mean, if you, if we're, if we're in closed sessions now, we'll get to open sessions in a moment. <laughs> okay. So, uh, here's what I, um, well, let's go back to the agenda. So, um, we have discussed some things, even though we're not making any motion and this conversation will continue. Um, is there anyone who would like to make public comment on what we've been discussing? One moment, please. Apologies, one moment, please. There's no one in the online community. Okay. Uh, Mr. Shea, please call the next item. Item number 13, announcements, comments, questions, and future agenda items by members of the Compliance and Amendments Committee. Okay, I would like to reintroduce what I asked about previously, um, which is, uh, Mr. Jay, if you could help us um, schedule, assuming that members, the four members of this committee can attend future meetings, I think we're gonna need some additional sessions to get through our first pass and then to synthesize our own review and other documents that people have submitted. And uh, Member Pilpel, I would love if we could get a copy of your uh, 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 line edits to Ms. Leger, and then ask that if we could have an index of what all the documents are that we are including. And I, I, can, help, I can help do that, um, just to make sure that people understand what the different things are in the file. Um, I just sort of compressed two things together. Let's go with the meetings first. Um, so if you could let us know as soon as possible what the potential time slots are, say over the next two months, when we could come in ahead of another, uh, any of our other committee meetings, even if it's just for an hour and a half or two hours, because if we're just focused on this, I think we could really make some headway. Get a lot done, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I can uh, get in touch with Lori Mazzola, who I said does building administration and conference room uh, scheduling. 
And I could see if like before EOT, yep. there would be like a two, two and a half hour time slot that you guys could come in like from maybe three to five and then That'd a 5.30 EOT. Yep. And then the following month is when you guys meet anyway. So right. I don't know how many other That's, scheduled yeah. times you. And in fact, if you, if that happens in the next week and you have some thoughts that you can share with us offline at the full task force meeting next week, and maybe we can figure out if that works for. Just for scheduling for purposes. Yeah. yeah. If we could, if we could know that by, by next week, that would be amazing. Then we could yeah. get it. Yeah. If you guys can answer my, when I find out, just answer my email. That would be fabulous. You know, and then I can tell you if we have the room yep. or if it's, if it's available on another day. Yep. You know, maybe that would we be could great. Do, do like a Thursday from like four till nine, you get a lot done. And if there are any other staffing or office concerns about that, you can check that out so that we don't. Yeah. I'll tell Lisa yeah. for sure. Okay. But um, what days work best for you guys? I mean, my schedule is quite variable, but if, you know, I can move things around sometimes. Okay. <laughs> David, what does your time look like? We're not eight in the morning people, so I think we're looking at some uh, time. Neither am I, but I'm here. Oh, I'm at eight in the morning. <laughs> I am all hours of the day and night. Kind of Understood, but I don't know if we're city hall people. So we're Correct. probably looking Correct. at, like you said, a, a three, four o'clock thing at some point. Yes. I'm around. And Maxine, what's your time look like? And I was going to say, and we're looking at it for those days when we already have some sort of committee meeting scheduled on. And yeah. those are normally Tuesdays and Wednesdays uh, or Mondays. and Tuesdays, uh, Tuesdays are when the committees meet. Yeah. And the task force meets one Wednesday, one. first Wednesday of the month. Okay. So it couldn't, I, I can check. The other days, like Tuesday, Wednesdays, if that's those are the best days for you, I can certainly check. Should I do Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, just to see? Sure. What and we have available this, this meeting slot. The next one would be March twenty sixth, right? Meaning, if we were to do the three to five thing, yeah, yeah, okay. EOT right before EOT. Okay. I'll see what else is available. Okay. I'll I'll let you know. I'll tell you everyone. Ask, you didn't ask me. Oh, I'm sorry, Bruce. You know what? I can only see your eyes. Mm, sorry. <laughs> I'm sitting pretty low here. I I think uh, March 26th. I, yeah. I think um uh, I think that's okay. Three o'clock. Um yeah, like three to five. Yeah. Yeah. It's I the the problem is is that I have a a standard meeting on the same the same day at this time of the month mm. it only meets once a month and I, I can't really kind of miss it because i help write the legislation for it uh so bruce what time is that meeting that meeting's from 4 30 to 5 30. okay okay but but i'm missing i missed, I I missed it tonight i missed it tonight which was planned but because we meet every other month Mm -hmm. Is it physical or online? It's online. So if we did a thing from three to four thirty, maybe. Or three to four fifteen, so that he can transition. Or, yeah, like something that. like that. No, I can flip. I can flip right to it. That that's fine, because okay. I I don't have to be in, intensely uh, focused like we are here. I mean, I would even think even an hour and a half of. Uh, fresh energy that time of day, I feel like we could probably make some good headway. 
Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and I have a standing meeting every other month at 530 on Tuesday nights. Okay, so for you, if we were to do 3 to 430, that might, if, if, if you don't, if that's not too much of a burden to go sort of a little back to back with a little space in between. Okay, yeah, is that I mean, is that okay? Or is that does that feel like mm -hmm. too much? Yeah, I could make it home to do my meeting. Okay. But I would have a hard stop. Yeah, yeah. we would. So, so yeah, if we did it as a special, that's literally just that item and adjournment. No minutes, no cases, no nothing. A public comment as required. Yeah, yes. sure, public comment. But yes, but but that's it. If we did an hour and a half, we could probably get through the rest of closed session. I think we example. could. I think we could. And we were discussing it in open session. Isn't that great? All right. Okay. Um, Mrs. Jay, thank you. And I so we're looking at that specific date. But if there are other dates that you find that would be available. We'd love to hear about those as well, because I do think we want to, we want to make some progress on this. Yeah, continue to, we yes. are. And for me, Thursdays work. Yeah, I, I can okay. do Thursdays generally as well. As long as it's early in the. That 3 to 3 to 4 30 or something. Okay, um. Ms. Peterson, is there anyone out there to make public comment? If not, <laughs> that's there's okay. no one in the room. I think we're good. Okay. Uh, Mr. Shea, may we what call the next item? item? Yeah. Item number 14, adjournment. So moved. All in Second. favor? Nine. I'm sorry. Eight. Announcements, comments, questions? Oh, we just did, we did, we did, did that. Oh, that was that. That was that. Okay. By acclamation. <laughs> Good yep. meeting, folks. Good Thanks, to see everybody. And if you turn off the, the microphone. Let me turn off the microphones right now.